Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Gravel. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. Now I've got it right. First time. Back together, lads. Hello. Feels like it's been a few years. How are you? It has. It's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> it has well, been. Yeah. Well, 30 I, seconds. Who are you? Just, you know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listing off the uh, the most obscure wrestlers we've ever seen in our lives in the uh, in the Patreon pre-show. But yeah. <laughs> it's been a bit of a while since we've done one of these things. I feel rusty and uh, slightly sick. But I'm okay. I'm, I'm going to fight through. Well, I mean, exactly. I was going to say, uh, you're alive, mate. That's really the thing to take from this. Have we all done one of these podcasts with COVID now? Because Gareth did one. I've done one. I've not had it. You've not had it at all? You've still not had it? Still not had it. I'm working Yeah. 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 (laughs) You'd think, wouldn't you? Really? (laughs) Logic and common sense. No. Unbelievable! Yeah, I haven't. JP super immunity. Give me some of that, fucking hell. Honestly, it's fucking devil's blood, mate. Oh. Bring it on! I, th- I thought <laughs> I was doing well. It's been two years since I like I had it two years ago. Obviously, at the start, or at least I thought I had it, and I remember like that. And I've had like a couple of times where I've thought and I didn't. And then yeah, it's uh, unfortunately it caught me again. Who knew? Going to Brighton, London a Red Pro show, a TNT show, and travelling on several trains in the in the period of about seven days would, would possibly cause somebody to catch, you know, the world's most prominent virus. But, you know, I'm doing okay. Yeah, I'm all good. Uh, we're glad we've uh, delayed this an extra day to do. But, yeah, it's uh, it was one of those shit. It was like, I was saying in the pre-show there, like, it was, you know, I got a test of myself before I went to TNT show, came up, came up negative, got up the morning after, thought I just had a, had a hangover, and then, yeah, slowly dawned on me that it was definitely COVID. I took a, I told you lads, I took a test yesterday and took a test today, and you know the way you get, like, the, the two lines, they literally came up within about five seconds. It was like the thing was going to light on fire. Like, it's just, I think I must be, I think I'm, it's, it's, it's uh, COVID. Yeah, yeah, I definitely got it. There's no, uh, no doubt about it this time. I feel bad because I gave it to, uh, to Matty and Gary, I think as well because we went to TNT on Thursday, so feel pretty bad about that. Have I? I think they're uh, they're doing uh, doing all right now uh, at this point as well. But yeah, super spread the Benno. Um, I think that's what I've what I've been this week. Um, but yeah, it's gonna get us all eventually, even UJP. I've given it a run for its money. I'll mm. be the last one fucking standing. <laughs> Lincoln in the Walking Dead. Like James says, have you been taking your ivermectin over your JP? Is that what you've been doing? That, uh, well, I only Trump's listen to Joe killer. Rogan. So yeah, I've, like I've I've had that. It's wild, isn't it? <laughs> Crazy. Um, <laughs> you just ask questions. I did think? see. I did. I did see someone put up a great image on on Twitter in the week, which had somebody had photoshopped Matt Letizier sat there talking to Joe Rogan as they discussed the Ali Dia coming on and play. So he'd never played football, right? Wow, that's crazy. Get it up. <laughs> you can imagine it. Um, I, I, I posted a photo of me with Joe Rogan on Twitter like a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago, and it was like where I'd seen him before some UFC show about like ten years ago, and given it the old regulation, uh, you know. An MMA thing, fist up pose. I've never wished that I just followed through with that fucking punch more than anything in my life. Like, <laughs> what? A, like, you're so close. Yeah. <laughs> Could have put a, sm- a lot of smiles on a lot of faces with that one. 
definitely can be a hero. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was a, it was a pleasant uh, thing though. You know, the last few days I was saying to JP before, you know, I've just been been stuck in the house, been uh, playing playing a bit of FIFA, listening to a few podcasts, listening to to you guys uh, from last week. Helped the uh, the fort down uh, very well. It's been a been a lot on the on the feed to be fair. You know, people haven't haven't missed much. There's been plenty of uh, audio out there. You know, me and me and Matty's uh, show has uh, has been out. JP's uh, snuck in a stardom show while I was away. I knew he'd do that while I was on the hey. deathbed. No, good stuff, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very, very well received, so that's uh, that's good to hear. So yeah, like, like Gareth always says, when you miss one, it's always it's always strange to be uh, to be sat there either watching or, or listening along. It's odd. It doesn't feel right. It feels like you're being gossiped, like mm. kind of about it, to a degree. <laughs> it's like a conversation you've just been left out of at some point. It's just not. It doesn't feel right. Mm. But um, no, it was very. It was. It's. It. I just find it quite terrifying hosting, mm. to be honest with you. But um, but like. Nah, Gareth, Gareth, Gareth made it easy. You're on a, you're on a tight ship. We were we were in bed nice and early. <laughs> Did the fuck about? It's like a five minute pre-show. You're all right. Yeah. Well, here's the wrestling. It's just like straight into it. And at that stage. <laughs> And then I come back and the pre-show goes an hour again. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did, you did great. I want to ask you what you've been up to, but I kind of know from listening to that. I mean, is everyone all right? Everything good? I feel like there's a million things to, yeah, uh, to catch up on. Really just like kind of, well, I forgot to do my Fantasy League team, but I've completely, yeah. you know, that's that's what difference does it make at this point? I'm not winning. But as you said in the pre-show, is it Magnus Carlsen, former world, uh, world chess champion? He forgot. Yeah. And if he lived the lifestyle I did, he'd be forgetting it a lot more. So, like, <laughs> just say it that way. Mm. Most weeks, probably, in this case, he'll know what, how to handle himself. <laughs> well, how about you, Gareth? You were going to go the, uh, the non-league tonight, weren't you? I was. I was supposed to be at Bootleby working tonight, but rained off, unfortunately. But um, So, yeah, so I had to had the joys, as I've been saying on the pre-show, of sitting in and watching the non-league video printer in hope that Marine didn't win tonight, that mm. would be their game in hand. And they didn't. Late equaliser, lovely job. And that's, been my life. That, that's been my life, basically, for the for the last two weeks. Non-league, non-league football and spreadsheets, as, as always, with a, with a little bit of podcasting thrown in in between. Yeah. That's all you need to know, Ben. <laughs> It'll get a whole lot. It'll get a whole lot livelier as well once Sarah gets back from Newcastle. <laughs> That's covered. Oh, after tonight's performance. Oh, I was going to say, if, you, if, you're fucking, if your fucking COVID test was on fire, our house could be on fire at about <laughs> half past three in the morning today. And she gets back from bloody five hours on a... After bloody 12 hours drinking and then coming back on a coach from Newcastle at this time of night. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll look forward to uh, to that running uh, coming up. But uh, no, I was going to say, like for me, like yeah, I mean, obviously before being housebound for the last few days, like I, boss time in Brighton, highly recommended as a as a city. It was great, you know. Went went great down for uh, to York Hall for a uh, for a bit of Rev Pro. I had to had to leave a bit early, unfortunately, missed the main event, which I'm sure we're going to talk about at uh, at some point uh, today. Yes, I've got a habit of missing some of the greatest matches in there uh, on British soil. <laughs> it just seems that. <laughs> Seems to follow me around, unfortunately, in the fucking in the building on the right night, and still didn't see it. Uh, but now Brighton itself was good. I'm still fucking shocked. I managed to get you can get to Brighton from London in an hour, JP. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, like it's like you couldn't be more south, and it takes an hour to get there. It's fucked, and 
costs like yeah. 13 quid to make one of the be- you you and joe were telling me like a while back to go and like i always in my head like especially when you guys were going to riptide and stuff was like ah it's too far not going all the way down there from liverpool now i'm like oh i'd go literally every weekend if i could like yeah it's like hips the paradise isn't it mate so craft beers and coffees all around nice little bit of seaside as well yeah. to, uh, to go along with it oh it's fucking great loved it entire street gareth full of vegan and vegetarian restaurants just <laughs> appears to be it's just mecca can't move for craft breweries. <laughs> like, when you're moving, Benno? Oh, fuck I'm, me, I'm sure the tramps. I'm sure the tramps are drinking craft beer. To be honest <laughs> with you, aren't they? It's that kind of place. It's, yeah. that, it's that kind of city. It's all nice and clean and stuff as well. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, good. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, that's it. Next, uh, next. There you go. Next uh, grapple live podcast thing. We'll do it in Brighton. How about that? That can be a. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a plan Sounds good. Oh, no, but it was good, yeah, I was there, watched um, Steph was hosting the uh, the Hooked On uh, events, Rumble party, so I was there with her after Rev Pro, that was an experience, watching the Rumble with a, with a bunch of uh, pissed up oh. <laughs> WWE fans. Uh, you did a great job last week for reviewing the show, though, you know, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so it's JP, like, I, I was the same as you listening back to the podcast, Gareth, it's like, that women's Rumble, it, I'm not saying it was good. It was fucking hilarious, wasn't it? Like, you know, soon they hit that right to censor music, and I was like, okay, I know what this is. I'll follow along with this for a laugh. Like, and it was, you know, watching it in like a group of like WWE fans is what did kind of make it more bearable. You know, they're for some reason invested in all this stuff. And, you know, if you go, I think if you go in with literally no expectations, you can have a good time on a WWE show. Now, you know, the main event, uh, Men's Rumble, yeah, he's uh, he's rightly uh, panned that last week because that was fucking shit. But no, I did actually have a laugh watching that thing there. But part of it might have been the booze. I what think it's the... as well, like you say, if you don't care, mm. then it doesn't matter, does it? Mm. If, if you've just sort of almost, I think maybe that's been my problem with WWE for the last couple of years is actually wanting there to be some kind of like interesting, intelligent outcome or something like that that's leading somewhere. And I think now that I've re- I've just kind of managed to detach my brain from that and just went into that Royal Rumble just like, no, let's just sit back and mm. see what they present. It was definitely more fun and it was just like threw away. Yeah. It was, uh, but uh, yeah, have I thought about it for a second afterwards? Absolutely it's not. worth wasting your brain doing, energy on it. Doing I saw a lot, a lot of that over the last week of people like trying, like still trying to analyse the booking and it's just like, just, just the I just give up. <laughs> you're not, you're better off. It's not worth it. It's not going to pay off. You know, oh, well, what are they going to do with Ronda? Oh, what's going to... Just fucking, you know, like I'm not one of those just shut up and watch it people. Acknowledge it's shite and just move on with your life because you're not. It's not going to be good yeah. anytime soon. It's 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 just it's bad. I mean, what mm. I'm fascinated by is what are the response? Like, who are the people who got responses that you were shocked by? You were mm. like, fucking hell, they seem to be inexplicably popular. Mm. Mad Cat Moss, did people react to that? Guy, he's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'm sure there probably were people. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Corbin, I bet he got a response. <laughs> He's over Why they're happy and mad, Captain? No idea. I'm sure when Bobby Roode came out, were they chanting TNA? That's an intro. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, in the end, like it was a late night. I ended up not watching the actual men's rumble match itself because, like, oh, that match, like, fuck me. Like, especially at that time of night, <sighs> like, it's not, it's just, oh, it was so rough. But I was just like, I just, I've been loving, like, this, this shame at man stuff over this last week, just finding out that, like, uh, you know, the entire thing was just his own coked up daydream where he wanted himself to be, like, number 29 or something <laughs> like that. He, like, he wants to set up all these big batches for himself. And he's just, I don't, I'm, I'm just like, 
an episode of the succession Mustafa Ali's asking for his uh, for his release <laughs> you know there's other wrestlers who want out no Vince McMahon's son though booked a crap rumble you're out fucking prime succession material I've been loving it you bring that up imagine you're Mustafa Ali mm. and it's just like I'm not I'm never going to release you I will release my own son before I release you yeah alright bullshit <laughs> does it Guy, you stay in every fucking second of that contract. Like inexplicably, he's just torturing him. Mm. Like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like, but yeah, Shane getting um, kicked out is 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 good for a laugh. Um, <laughs> God, if you're AEW, you fucking do it for a one shot, don't you? If, you, if there's any hope in hell, just I'd give him a live mic for shits and giggles. You're going to be the big name on Wednesday. They are setting up a lot of matching them. Do some big bumps. Can you imagine? <laughs> Here comes the money. <laughs> I, I don't know if there'd be a bigger laugh out loud moment. I can oh, see him and Tony hanging been... out. It's like, um, what you call mm, like? What, similar Roman interests. Is that what you're or... saying? Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Don't you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's like Kendall's me to invest in the in the business and succession like them two on the piss. That, that's what I could imagine them two being like a couple of Stewie. couple of rich boys, Stewie, yeah, playing with daddy's money. Like definitely. <laughs> Get Triple H involved. Oh no. I want it to happen now. This is it's gonna be such a disappointment now. <laughs> Everything else will yeah, it's music. <laughs> uh, uh, earlier on in the chat, it was it was rumored it'd be Killer Cross, mm. which if that's the case, get to fuck, like seriously, <laughs> that, that brings it crashing back down. No, shame at it's, honestly. It's, who would you rather see? I know it seems daft. Shame at man or Killer Cross? Not even oh. remotely comp. Killer Cross is changing the narrative, isn't he? Anyway, he's too busy doing that. Oh, is he? Is he one of them? Mate. <laughs> Mate, Do you reckon anyone buys those pay-per-views other than the lads on the pay-per-views? Like, I mean, who's watching that? <laughs> and not pirate. Oh, there, there, there's actual pay-per-views. Oh, yeah, several of them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know who's funding them. Really? I think Braun Strowman's just paying for them himself at this point, or EC3. What, what are they doing? Fuck knows. They fucking, like, honestly to God, like, and those those things. I I don't even know if there's wrestling on them. Hmm. Just a bit, if you want to see the improv stylings of EC3, for like an hour, two hours, then here you go. You can get on to Joe Rogan. TV and order it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah. Joe Rogan booked a wrestling promotion. Isn't it? That's what it is. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> even more so that there isn't any wrestling on it, mm. and none of the people on it are good wrestlers. Mm. That that I think is the biggest kick. You're looking at all three of them, and you're just going, Jesus. EC3, Braun Strowman, and Killer Cross. What a fu- What combination of matches could they put together? Three Never mind matches. Them. Would you want to be in a room with them? Would you want to be in a pub with them? Fucking hell. <laughs> like... Not, not killer cross. No, no, not at all. Yeah, that would be massively disappointing. I'm sure we'll get into it in terms of like what you'd imagine would be the serious speculation, but mm. they want the heads fucking checking if they're doing that, and if they're not bringing in Shane McMahon after all of that, after the possible excitement of of him coming out. Like that would just be amazing. You put any bets on JP? I've seen you can get good odds on uh, on Keith Lee right now. Mm, what's what? We, this is you know it's where we need Andy in the chat to kind of like deli- deliver on that one. Um, you'd think it'd be Keith Lee, wouldn't you? We've said like that's the one you would re- you would go for most. Um, he doesn't have any other dates booked. 
whereas someone like Strickland is due to come over and, and stuff like that. So it does make you wonder whether or not there, that there has been that kind of contact there. Jeff Hardy is one you see he's been suggested. I don't think there's anyone seriously suggesting Braun Strowman oh, or, or Bray no. Wyatt mm. for that. Um, but yeah, like Keith Lee is the big common sense one. Keith Lee in a ladder match, I'm not necessarily mad about, but Keith Lee like coming in, going in and just it's the only like, one squashing Isaiah Cassidy is mm. perfectly set up for an entrance for him. It's the one out of the group where it's like, okay, that's one where I actually want to see it. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> how many times have we had the conversation about, okay, you know, and it's getting to the point now where literally Tony Khan's forgetting which wrestlers he's got. Like Mercedes Martinez was on Rampage last week and it was like, literally, I feel like they signed the six months ago and then Tony just forgot. And there's, oh shit, yeah, we set up a match. Let's, let's do that on Rampage this week. Like, and maybe there's a plausible explanation that I haven't seen about it. I've been a bit out the loop, but like, you know, it feels like that where there's just far too many spare pieces. Like, yeah, if it's gonna, if, if you have to bring in somebody else, like it's got to be somebody with a lot of upside. And I think, yeah, Keith Lee, He's probably the one out of the rumoured names. I could maybe see it being Jeff Hardy to do something with Matt, although apparently Matt said something about his uh, Jeff's contract um, or his non-competers and up until next month or something. But other than that, Keith Lee's got to be the name. It can't be anyone else, can it? You know, when you're when you're in this territory and like, doesn't he refer to it as like dream signing and all this? Mm. Like, like, I mean, it could be Jeff Jarrett, but um, I mean, apart, apart from that, wow. um, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it can always JP be Jeff Jarrett dream signing. <laughs> if it's if if it's if it's Jeff Hardy, if it's Jeff Hardy, like ah, mm. oh, that'll be the that'll be the worst. I'll be, I'll the, be the reason I think it like, might I, be. I'm just all I'm all I'm all in on Keith Lee in my mind. If it's not <laughs> Keith Lee, I'm going to be disappointed. What gives me the worry for that for you, Gareth, on that one is that it is. The, the whole thing it's setting up a ladder match isn't it it's to get in the whatever the stupid gimmick mm-hmm. thing is they do with the ladders on the pay-per-view like it's like that just feels too much set up but matt, matt is saying his contract's not up and you know my hardy never lies so i think we're uh yeah mm. we might be safe there on that one Samoa Joe, someone says in the chat i'd take that but yeah that's just the fanboy in me i don't really necessarily think he's got a a huge huge Ra- i don't know razor ramon company <laughs> The, uh... Sandig. Well, it can't be Nick Gage because he signed a contract with GCW. So, <laughs> what's a GCW Hands contract? Off. What's that mean? I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't look. He didn't look in his best condition as well with the when he signed the contract as well. I think there was a big bid more. Uh... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I. <laughs> Who else was in? Who was in this? <laughs> Ian Rotten making a like a bit for well, between you and GCW. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. Just to get him on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder what his rate is. Maybe he'd do. I might. I reckon he'd be well up for that as well. Uh, in terms of Samoa Joe, I can't see. I, I can't see it being Samoa Joe. I think there's just seems to be too many things which kind of leads up to it being. I also think as well because they're going to bring in Mia Yim mm. as well. So I think there's there's like probably a like that. There just seems to be the natural upside. Not bring them in as a package, but just bringing me Ying, Yim as a experienced hand into the women's division as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, if it isn't Keith Lee, I'll be disappointed because of all of the people we mentioned, like how many of them have that kind of upside beyond that? I think they will bring in Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. Like I've been kind of like talked into it effectively that it makes sense to do the Hardy the Hardy Boys versus the du- uh, the Young Bucks, the Dunks, the Freudian slip. Um, Never it had is a bad one match, of the. Yeah. Never had a bad match the young books ever. 
really. I'm just, I mean, I can't remember a lot from the TNA. Like, is that what he said? I don't know if that's Fuck true. Me. <laughs> I'm sure I mean, he's, I'd like to think he's talking about big stage matches or something mm. like that, like that type of stuff. But yeah, it, it's a, it, it kind of has to be. I, I just kind of, when I looked at Isaiah Casti, I thought it's someone who has to be basically come in and squash him mm. more than anything else. Mm. Um, but now I've got the fear of God that it is Killer Cross, which would be like what an absolute fucking fart in church that would be. But Keith Lee is the one with just he has the obvious upside. Mm. Yeah, it's got to be. Okay. We must be out of practice. We've been serious wrestling analysis. We're only twenty minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you about your Oscar best talk about who... <laughs> Oh, I have no idea. I have like no idea. I mean, I love June, but I think I'm you know somewhat on an island for that. It'll be something I haven't seen. I haven't. I've you seen Belfast? See I don't think you'd like that. I haven't seen Belfast yet. No, bit of, I'm bit not of, like bit of twee it... Irish back home typey stuff. I know it's the north. Yeah, I've seen that kind of stuff like a million times. Not that thing that was on. It was on Amazon Prime, and it also had Jamie Dorn and Emily Blunt in, and it just appeared to be like a direct assault on the Irish on like Irish accents. It was one of the worst things. Like I'd seen the trailer of it. Christopher Walken's in it, all pretending to be Irish. Oh. Bad, not Jamie Dornan. He is Irish, he's great. Yeah, so. he, he was really good in Belfast. It's his best role. Like, um, you know, and I, I know some of the competition and <laughs> involves what's it called the the, the porn well, movie. Um, that, but other than that, you know, it's uh, no, it's good. It's a nice film. It's uh, it's Oscar bait though. It's like you know, black and white. Yeah, you know, like an old you know old, oldie town. That is like, childhood. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's it's a nice little well, like simple story. It's a good little film. If I'm going to recommend any. I, I, if there's something you want to watch at the minute, I don't know if you've got Disney Plus, but Pam and Tommy, I've watched the first three episodes of that. Oh, I'm Have you seen this at all? No. Is it good? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it is. I, I would say that Sebastian Stan and Lily James are like terrifyingly convincing as Pamela Anson and Tommy Lee. Mm. Just like Matt, and it's not like I was some big motley crew aficionado, and I didn't really, I didn't really like Baywatch to be honest with you just didn't it was just like oh, i preferred night right you know it just mm. didn't didn't particularly care like the novelty wore off very very quickly for that it was, it was but, no thunder in paradise no it was no thunder in paradise and it peaked on that episode of Randy you, savage and hogan were on. i was gonna say when you say the novelty you're not being weird you're talking about the wcw themed episodes is what you're talking about that was the novelty it's exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> it as well Fantastic. i'm not did yeah I, I would have been about 13 at the time while all this was happening but it's it's incredibly like kind of convincing there is there is a sequence in it and i'll just mm. say it involves um animatronic penis right and it's 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 quite incredible what i would say is the storyline involving the seth rogan character and the kind of stealing of the tape and stuff like that while there's interesting stuff happening it's a lot duller than like when you see sebastian stan playing tommy lee is just like a fucking maniac having mm. arguments with builders and stuff like that it's it's it, it's very much in that Ryan Murphy school of like kind of you take a pop culture event of your childhood and then suddenly it's blown up to be this kind of zeitgeist moment well, like that's they the have thing. with the Film, yeah. people versus OJ Simpson and stuff like that and it just sort of falls into that yeah. stuff which means it's incredibly watchable even if it's not always like the best thing you'll ever watch on TV. Yeah, I, probably, I would have been too young to really know what. Well, I, I say I'm too young to know what was going on. Everyone knew about the Pam and Tommy tape, you know. But like, it just it does feel like it felt like a big part of like you know culture at the time. No, I'm desperate to watch it. Have you seen any other guys? 
No, I've not watched it. I saw that it was on there and it seemed like some good reviews of it. So it was, like you say, it's just one of those things. It's just, uh, I don't know, it's weird to think that it's how many years have gone by and stuff. And like at that time, it felt like such a big deal and things. Obviously, it was a fucking different world, wasn't it? Like no Mm. social media and YouTube and everything like that and stuff. You know, it's fucking, it's a head fuck that that one there. So, but yeah, I think anything like that, that just like plays on a bit of nostalgia and puts that spin on it. It's uh, always going to be a good one. I've just been watching that Liverpool show, Benno, looking for your house. Me too. With with Martin Freeman. (laughs) (laughs) I finished it this week. It's so surreal watching it isn't it like they're just buzzing around chinatown and like around my street and stuff and genuinely his accent's actually good isn't it he's he's actually like uh, really good at playing playing like the liverpool accent um i'll give i'll give it five minutes and if his accent's shit i'm not watching it because it's yeah. no worse than like somebody non-scouse trying to sound scouse it's the worst accent for any of you talking about irish accents before mm. i think someone trying to sound scouse Acting is is what's terrible. the worst offense? But it, it, it was great. He was great. He was fucking mm. so so good. And I'm still though trying to work out though if the show is actually good or I just enjoy going like ah oh, look there's Sunset <laughs> Street and oh, yeah. look ah, I know that bar and ah, I know that you know and things like that you know <laughs> just man. that kind of recall based. He's good in it though, isn't he? Apart from the accent, oh. he's he's fucking good in it. Brilliant. Who's the like, worst offense? Like that accent. Um, there's been some bad BBC stuff. There was that one about that Everton fan who got killed in town, and I remember his accent. He was basically had a Mancunian accent. It was like, what are you doing? Like, just just cast a scouser. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> what you don't need to. You just don't need to do it. It's just you know unnecessary. Um, I'm trying to think. Is there Zach any other? Gibson? Zach Gibson. Zach Gibson does a bad one. <laughs> An exaggerated <laughs> one is what he uh, is. What Zach Gibson does. Was was the Harry? Enfield We've all been there, Gareth. Up. We've all been a taxi trying to. Uh, Trying to talk to the taxi driver about the footy, and maybe you know, later in a little bit more. <laughs> We've all been there, but no, it it, it is weird watching it because yeah, you know, literally, you know, I talked about it on this podcast, like it was they were filming outside my house, like literally, I opened my window and there was just like a production truck. <laughs> I couldn't get out into the streets um, when they were filming some of the scenes in it, and there's uh, there's literally I don't know if you saw me put the video on Twitter. There's literally a scene where one of the the, the smackhead lad in it goes through his phone. And he's about to ring someone, and it goes through the first three letters. And one of the first people in his phone's called Benno, and I'm like, <laughs> did they see my tweet when I kicked off about them being outside my house and put it in as an Easter egg? Like, oh, I'm not saying it's you know, <laughs> I'm living in the truth show but it feels a little bit like i mean how many pennos do you really know with two ends as well you know just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> seems a bit odd to me but yeah simon's asking a big deal <laughs> i'm just saying you know maybe it's a camp if anyone worked on production for it let me know genie no. cameo <laughs> yeah is my bin in the series uh, i didn't spot yeah, it on the unfortunate did they have their tires slashed as well that fucking maniac around the place <laughs> which he's up to <laughs> Oh, they might well have. Might well Pissed have. in the tea. Like I'd imagine all manner of things that she would have fucking got up to and Ryan make these these lives living hell. <laughs> that's it. Well yeah, it, it is it's absolutely worth watching. So yeah, I've been the same as you. Like that's pretty much like what happened that down period to be honest. Um but no, I'll get to Pam and Toby at some point as well, JP. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it feels like a very nostalgic period, you know, that's that's on TV. 
Jackass is in uh, is in cinemas right now. Twenty years. I want to see that. That'd still be good, won't it? Like that's one of the most current things that Mate. we have done, don't you think? Like I, we give them a lot of grief, and it's you know we talked about it. Like they should have done it twenty years ago. You know the fact that it, that they're doing it now is ridiculous. But oh, genuinely, the stuff as much as Sami Zayn like is basically a retired pro wrestler at this point. Like you never you never get in a match over three stars from Sami Zayn ever again, unless maybe you know three and a half with Kevin Owens again at some point might be a might be your top end. But the stuff he's doing with Johnny Knoxville, like on the the red carpet and stuff like that, is just genuinely funny yeah he gets it he entirely gets how to do this and i mean he also views the idea of the kind of main any mainstream publicity it kind of ties into a lot of the the kind of foundation stuff that he does as well at the same time those jackass lads got like the biggest pop in that rumble mm. in, that, in, that, in that men's rumble with johnny knox actual stars that's why <laughs> yeah they're they're perfect mm. for this i think Zane will make Zane will make uh, he'll make it work if you can fit in enough. Like if you can do a fun match at Mania and just have loads of kind of bullshit with Steve-O running in and mm. all the rest of them as well. Like you can, you know, you can see some like you can you can have like a wacky kind of schmoz fest there, couldn't you? Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Jackass. It feels like that it is like a an equivalent to wrestling, isn't it? It's kind of like same audience. It's dickheads landing on the head for money. Like, you know, it's kind of, you know, and it was a bit attitude here at yeah. the time as well, wasn't it? It was that kind of, it fit that Crash TV, Jerry Springer, attitude era kind of generation, didn't it? Like, I, I don't know. I've got to, I'm going to, I don't think I'll go to the cinema to see it. I'll wait for it to appear in the JP drive, but I will watch it. That match sounds a fucking damn sight more, uh, so, like something I want to watch than if it's like Drew McIntyre against Seth Rollins or something like that or do you know what I mean like the trying to trying to make some match that apparently matters for some apparent reason at Wrestlemania that they're trying to put a serious match together give me fucking Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville over anything like that any day of the week you know if it's uh, if they're putting stuff on for, for Wrestlemania that's what I want to see I don't want to see mm. two lads trying to have a match that they think people's going to care about that's actually got zero consequence yeah Liam says here with a lot of progress bringing in Pritchard and Dayton. Were they from uh, Dirty Sanchez? Oh. Dirty Sanchez. That was, as we said, it was it's disgusting. Yeah. Like we were the vile programming. That. that was that was the ICW of, uh, <laughs> of mm. you know, try, trying to do attitude here after it was already dead, and they're just making it a bit dingy and gross and just going a little bit too far. Yeah, that's them. <laughs> Stick with Jackass. Nice friendly faces. Um, they weren't into like Jackass lads were effectively hurting themselves. Those lads were just trying to make themselves and everybody else puke. Mm. It was disgusting. Like I've, I just don't find that entertaining at all. But enough about ICW. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See it works. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, we talked some wrestling there. We've uh, got up our movies and stuff. I feel feel settled back into uh, another spotlight. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we do get into the other uh, proper stuff we are going to talk today, we should uh, throw in some uh, some quick plugs. Like I said at the top, JP, you've been uh, very busy this week, and people can expect uh, mm. a little bit more uh, on the uh, on the free feed this week from you. Well, yes. Um, at the weekend, I had the a brilliant guest in Karen Peterson talking all things stardom um who if you haven't read um her reports on stardom on post wrestling get along and watch them as well just feels it's like we spoke about a whole range of things going inside kind of her writing style what she kind of aims to do for it talking about stardom as promotion all 
things about it as well. Even going through like kind of where we think like most the stars of the roster are going to be in the next um like an, by the end of the year. So that was a great conversation. That's coming out in the free feed later on this week, probably about Thursday. Um going to put that out. Day update weekend show, I think, or something like that. I called it. Um, where it went off on some fucking tangents, but if you give me more than 10 minutes, and I, I think I might well have gone 20 on that, I realized I needed you, Benno. I needed you there to <laughs> rein it in. I was taught, I, I started looking up an Emma at like whether Matt Turner, who's signing for Arsenal, was playing for the UN's US men's national team because apparently that they were playing, I want to say they were playing Ecuador. And um, because of that, I wanted to, uh, I was just like, oh, because it affected the dynamite number as mm. well. So, yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. That's the kind of bullshit you get on a daily update. <laughs> well, as well as that, <laughs> this month, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, catching it's up. A bit uh, wrestling. <laughs> yeah, catching up from my absence. Obviously, the uh, the flashback we did there on the WWE uh, UK tournament um, with Andy and Gunny mm-hmm. the other week uh, is up there. And yeah, like JP said, for uh, for stuff like that Stardom show, the show with me and Matty, you know, early access for uh, for patrons. And yeah, later this month, I think we've got a we'll definitely be doing another five to one with Matty. He's uh, currently working mm-hmm. on uh, on some ideas for that. So uh, look for that to uh, to come soon. We've got a I'll, I'll give the full idea away, but we've got a, a a King of the Mountain level idea from one of our kings of the mountain um potentially uh coming up this month as well a couple of uh, film club ideas you know pre-shows like the one tonight where we uh we all listed off the uh, the most famous wrestlers we've ever seen live um all kinds of stuff over there uh, on patreon.com slash crap we'll do that that'll cover it all is that everything you did, you did a much better job before I got completely sidetracked with that US uh, <laughs> men's match which I'm now getting sidetracked just mentioning it but that's what happened that's the power of the US men's national team that's what it'll do to you yeah patreon.com forward slash grapple there you go and also on top of that yeah um, there'll be a a further announcement on uh, BWE non-negative announcement positive announcement uh, overall um, coming on BWE this week Mm -hmm. is to uh, our live show uh, coming up with uh, Mm -hmm. maybe a couple of uh, special guests being uh, being announced there Uh, any more where people go to go uh, get tickets for that one Gareth yeah with that one if you just uh, visit um uh, grappleapp.com if there's the uh, support link up there you can go on there and yeah, if you click support you get that direct access through that you can buy uh, tickets for the the event like Benno says there's going to be a bit more details about um, um, a few more special guests and things happening for that one you can also get the link direct there to the hooked on uh, show that's going to be at uh, Leeds that night the the Wrestlemania show that you can um, get a discounted rate there um, if you use the the uh, grapple code that's uh, there on the website as well so yeah get yourselves uh, get yourselves along to Leeds and uh, watch a bit of Wrestlemania with us and see us uh, live doing a doing a couple of shows and I'm sure it's going to be a good laugh looking forward to it lads there you go. Best than watching WrestleMania, isn't it? So, you know, or watching it sober. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> definitely, yeah. It was great at Rev Pro, to be honest, to, to speak to, uh, you know, a couple of listeners and a couple of our mates who uh, who said they were uh, they were coming up for the for the occasion and the, uh, and the day. So, you know, do that. Get a National Express back to London, uh, Oxford. I keep saying London, you're not from London, JP. Back to Oxford with uh, with JP. You know, it's... Uh, I could go <laughs> you can make there. it a 24-hour experience. <laughs> just not around my mate's house, just out of the blue. That's <laughs> a... It's go, go, going global, seeing those ticket sales coming in from Ireland, people flying in from it, and uh, seeing a T-shirt sales to Australia and things this week, seeing them land in Australia with uh, global lads. Yeah. It's terrifying. <laughs> 
And obviously, <laughs> people say Brit Rez the... podcasting is dead, do they, Gareth? See, there's your proof. Oh, I'm not going to turn into that guy. <laughs> Let's not switch roles. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's good to see you there. It was good to uh, to speak to some of our mates who are coming. And speaking of, I mean, probably a good place to start. I mean, it is, you know, there's a potential five-star match to uh, to talk about, lads. Do you want to talk uh, mm-hmm. a little bit about the, uh, the Rev Pro um, that we've uh, seen today? I mean, I'd like to give you my live thoughts, but... As we did talk about the top of the show, yeah, I unfortunately didn't uh, didn't see this one live, but still had a nice day out. That's the main thing, lads. That's that's all that counts. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say the line. I want Gareth to say it that he brought up in the in the chat about you. Possibly, I think I feel Gareth needs to deliver that one. Um, yeah, you missing that match like that does seem like. It's, I mean, obviously, there's good reasons as to why, but fucking hell. Don't want to say karma, mate, but you know <laughs> the old COVID. <laughs> wow, it's got, it's, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's got dark. I feel like a prick now. That got very dark. Sorry. It's alright. I gave Gareth more beef than he had COVID. I, Don't worry. Revenge, revenge will be fair. I, I did have a couple of things I wanted to ask you just about general atmosphere. Did he do a thousand? It felt it, like it looked felt like a bit below. But close. It didn't. It wasn't a thousand one hundred. <laughs> no Brit Red show over the last couple of weeks did a thousand one hundred. I will correct no. um, our, our friends at the Wrestling Observer. Um, Dave had a nice, <laughs> nice chat today about uh, the Grapple One Hundred. Didn't they, So you know, keep keep them nice. But uh, no, there wasn't. There wasn't quite that many in the uh, in the room. But it was. No, it was busy. It was busy. Barky was busy. What are you going to do? Um, that, that's never going to change. Mm. Took six years to get in. That's never going to change. But it was. It was nice to you know to be in a in a packed York Hall. With a with a lot of people and you know a genuinely genuinely good atmosphere. Yeah. It came across great on the VOD. Like I, I thought mm. when you're, you're watching there, because again that was your immediate for me. That was the immediate thing of oh, there's a lot of matches getting talked up here, and you know how's this going to translate? You know, I think it's been one of those in the in the mm. past where you get that live bias, and sometimes York Hall is kind of a place where you do feel like you get that element of like live bias come in, and then when you watch it back on the on the on the VOD, maybe it doesn't live up to it. Whether it's just because of the way it's been presented, or you know, obviously just the fact that you're not there in the moment, but again the show I just thought it came like I think the production values on this were absolutely yeah. spot on and first class I, I really felt like you were watching a professional um, professionally produced wrestling show I thought the, the crowd noise of points during this like really came through strong as well which would um, like not just the main event talking about talking about the show as a whole it really kind of you know had a, had a bit of buzz about it and it, it you know it really made me feel like fucking hell that's you know you know you can kind of tell what that's like in in the room from from memory but especially while that main event was was on as well Mm -hmm. at at certain points crowd was crowd was fucking great like electric at points and um talk about um you know making you want to be at a show when we've lived through all of these like clap crowds and no crowd wrestling and things like that just seeing something like that and just with it being a British crowd as well and they have the, the unique atmosphere that that brings and things like that. God, it really made me think I wish I'd gone down, <laughs> gone down for it when I was I was watching it because it did just feel like it was a, a show I should have been at. So, um, maybe, maybe not quite Royal Quest levels, uh, Benno, but at least you at least you managed to miss the main event uh, this, <laughs> this time as well. So it's got form, hasn't it? Oh look! They were supposed to finish it. Right? They finished it now. What are you going to do? Uh, the Ogdens unfortunately missed the uh, the main as well. Andy saying and then the chat. I, I, I was Tyler. I was Tyler Bate versus Walter at Wembley. Was that good? 
<laughs> you know I didn't go to that. Uh, I didn't see that. <laughs> Fuck. I've got a history for it, haven't I? It's part of it living up north as well, although that wasn't the reason I had to uh, escape it. The real so, Joe versus did, did you see Joe versus Kiboshi? Did you? <laughs> did you really? That's what I stuck there for the end for. No, I did see that one. I wasn't in the box, I promise. Um, <laughs> you weren't, weren't on the toilet when that happened. <laughs> uh, I know. I mean... I, I'll talk. We should talk the main event mainly, but you know what I did see was good. You know there was a you know there was a a good show underneath it and a, and a match in there that I think is definitely going to be up your alley. I think we'll uh, probably spend some time on as well. But despite the fact I wasn't there, it wasn't there live. We should mainly talk about the uh, the main event um, in Osprey and Oku, mm-hmm. like said it said earlier. You know, Meltzer went the full five stars in it. I've seen people. Slap the the rating that high on the app. I've, you know, obviously the likes of Liam who's in the chat there says it. You know, the loudest he's uh, seen your call be Don, um, who was there too, saying you know it was uh, very loud for that for that main event, and you know it got rave reviews live, and it's just been unbelievable to see the rave reviews coming out since. You know, the likes of mm. you know John Pollock waiting, people like that. You know, watching this match and and absolutely loving it as well. It just it did make it you know even more uh, painful to have uh, to, to have not seen it live and uh, watch it on the VOD. But I've got to say, watch it on the VOD. It translated too for me. Um, there was definitely a point. You know, I was watching this match going, oh, it's good. But is it that good? You know, I'm, I, maybe I'm trying to kid myself, going, "Oh, you know, you, you didn't miss out, you didn't miss out, you didn't miss out." But then, kind of, as it as it went on, and I think really, there's, it's kind of a, it's it's very much a match of two halves. This one, isn't it? You know, when it when it comes to discussing mm. it, you know, there was a a very good professional wrestler match taking place in front of us, and you know, and it. And it Two very good professional wrestlers, you know, one of the the best in the world in Osprey and a and Anoku, you know, who's on the come up. But I think the moment from that table bump onwards, I think it is when Oku, mm. Anoku goes off the top and to, and it, we say it's, it's a table bump. If you haven't seen the match, it sounds like I'm talking about just a regular table. No, this is like a a weird corner table that's not made to break. Man, and it just lands on it's it. A desk in a school. <laughs> it's literally, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's school. And Matty Edwards is possibly the only person we should be asking about that because no doubt he took several choke slams onto those fuckers <laughs> back in the day, didn't he? <laughs> he probably did. But like that moment, like this is so. These are the things I saw. You know, bitter about missing the match took me until today to, to you know to finally finally see it, and you know the gifts I saw won that table spot, and I was like, "Fucking hell, that was horrible!" And two, the stuff with Mike Loco's girlfriend uh, Amira, mm. which on GIF I was like, mm, "I don't know about that." You know, is, is that you know is this really this great match everyone's talking about? If it's got this you know weird kind of you know dramatics in it, but. You know, them going from the table to Osprey messing with hair and messing with the family and stuff, and it lightened that, you know, I'm sure we'll have plenty to say about it, that fire under the arse of, of Oku, you know, and the blood starts running and it just... The match just flips at that point. It becomes a completely different match, and it's not like there's another five minutes and it's done. There's an entire extra chapter at that point, and that's when it becomes, you know, a classic match. And on site, I, I you know, just seeing the gifts and stuff, I kind of didn't buy it, and then I saw it for myself in watching the video. And you know, like they say in the commentary, you can't help get, get swept up on it, and it just turns into, doesn't it? This battle of like this, you know, we've all had negative things to say about you know Osprey as a as a heel, but this dastardly heel who does a very good job, you know, in this match as the dastardly heel, and this baby face that you just want to see win. And from there on in, I was absolutely hooked on this one. 
Yeah, that was very much like the turning point, wasn't it? And that's where then that's when the depth came in, wasn't it? Um, from from that point, you, you almost feel like as Osprey was like aggressively going after the uh, the cut as well of Oku at that point as 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 well. He sort of it had almost gone from this, you know, f- from the wrestling side of things, and him having that kind of physical upper hand to some degree. To this is where like the the nastiness came in, and this is where the the good, you know, felt like the good heel work came in. I think uh, during during this and it really really just made you just get behind Oku and you know the whole the way that that whole setup with the with the family and everything I think the way that you know some of these little counter comebacks and things like that just really kind of just got you into it and got you behind him like you say like the fire that he came back with once Osprey had gone after his you know girlfriend on the outside you know even right down to the facial it wasn't hokey amdram shit it was like it was this is real kind of thing i'm coming for you now you know and it was you bought it and you really like bought into it as well and you know and it, and, and and again right through to that that finish like if you describe that finish with the you know the repeatedly you know hitting the hidden blades and then pulling him up at two and then doing it again and you know that that the the, the repetition of that almost like if you read a review and that it'd maybe be one of those things that you felt like Mm, it does that sounds a bit I'm not sure about that or it sounds a bit kind of uh, I, I don't know how's that gonna you know work in in practice but the delivery it was it was perfect i thought for just the just as as the as the end to end of the match really just uh absolutely executed perfectly and just you could you could just feel the that kind of the the build in the room almost <laughs> kind of to, mm. towards that and like the atmosphere changing with it and things and then so you know the crowds going with what they're doing in the in the ring from from, from that point as well and almost like changing the mood a little bit it was um it was it was a greater uh, great great way to finish that match yeah it, it, if you describe this it feels like you're describing a wwe match with lots of these bits and we'd be talking about bullshit melodrama and it went on for ages and they ruined it and what a terrible ending it is and everything else. And I completely went along with it like you lads. In fact, I've just changed my, I've just going to ratings where at the end of it, but I've just changed my rating ever so slightly because I was just thinking back and I was like, no, actually I think it, it, it did deserve that little bit extra. I mean, I think it's, it was helped as you mentioned as well about the production values because it felt for that first bit of the match. Like I thought that was, I thought it was very good like in terms of just good wrestling and counter wrestling, but they used the hard cam. It felt when they used the the cameras on the floor, there was good reason for it as well. It was like kind of much better pacing to it. And I think that kind of really stood up on, on the VOD because how many times have we been to see matches live? And then all of a sudden, you know, it'd be a case where other people would see it on the VOD and it, and it just would, would go, would go wrong with the like, all of like the way it changes, it, it's it kind of all hinges on the fact that Oku is it's just such a, a brilliant baby face. It's just a natural baby face. It's just kind of like who he is and it completely works. The fact he's a Londoner and it's in London, I think you give it that kind of little bit of that like hometown edge. The crowd are buying into the kind of near falls as well. Like even stuff like when he did that single crab and he's like talked all the way back and they managed to get the right camera shot. And like, you could see them running around trying to get that, like these kind of like great moments. Yeah. But like Osprey as heel, it has to be said, like it clicked. This is the first time in this incarnation of him being heel. It just clicked. 
I think it's as much as anything that he had an athletic underdog babyface nemesis who he could do his shit with and on and do more interesting things. And it completely worked. So like, this is just, if you think of what the ultimate job of this match is, because the result really wasn't going to be in doubt, you know, however, Oku is obviously enormously over, like as a much more than what he was as a result of this. You're talking of like one of the, the bigger British crowds that we've had in quite some time. Um, like the first time we've had a kind of like really hot match on generally like a really good, well-received show as well. There's, there's so much to be said about this and like there's things in this where you, you want to see the next chapter. You want to see where it goes. And it, there was logic to things. I liked the kind of the fact of him using the styles clash and a card and not because it was kind of a new Japan thing, but more that they're like the big, Osprey moments in Rev Pro, aren't they? It's like the yeah. Styles match and the Akada matches. So, like, there's that, there's that little bit of depth. But if you don't know that, and you just think, oh, okay, that's Akada's move, and that's and that's a Styles clash, and you wouldn't think too much of it. But they, they're the things that are kind of good. It was like one of those times where the storytelling really clicked. That's that's what this match had. That was the difference. It like, it wasn't near falls for the sake of near falls. Like, it just mm. it was a real reminder of what a bit of emotion can do to the difference in a wrestler match. Like they could have, these weren't going through the motion main event near falls. It felt like everything from when the, 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 the switch flipped in that match in the match from there on, because of that emotion, because of like, you know, the blood and the fire from Oku, but then, you know, not everything he was doing was hitting right, you know, and that, that's fine. You know, I heard him talking to, to John and Way today about being annoyed with himself for slipping on the top rope. I was like, no, that made the main event, that made it better. And then you had that mm. little moment of Callum trying to clean his feet off so he could hit the next dive. And I was like, oh, that's a nice little character moment for them, yeah. you know, as a team. And it gave the subsequent dive a bit more fire. And then when, when he finally got Osprey bleeding, then they were kind of equals and then the near falls kind of made sense so for some people there might have been one too too many of them in the match there might have been one too many last second kickouts but i think that allard added element of drama and that allard added element of emotion once you brought in oku's family and made it more and more personal as the match went on that just made that mm. work even more even to be honest you know you guys are talking about the you know the production and i do think Video wise, it did look good. I know Rev Pro now, you know, the audio levels on some stuff doesn't always sound the best. And I'll be honest, when when Oku first came out at the start of the match and he was, you know, hugging his family and he had genuine tears in his eyes, the comment, you know, Quilden and Gideon Gray were kind of bickering back and forth about it. And it was like, just get out the way, let the moment breathe. And it really didn't work for me. And I was kind of ready to be negative about the commentary. But when it actually got to the near falls and we'd gotten through all this drama and we were also invested in it, then when they were bickering, it added to the match and it felt like it just made everything mean that little bit more and the partisan commentary even worked in that bit. And yeah, every bit of those near falls because of that work they put in there with, with the drama side of things, which, you know, again, you might write off as just amateur dramatics or WWE style stuff or whatever. You know, it fired the crowd up more. It fired the two wrestlers up more, and it, yeah, all of those near falls meant more. And even knowing the result, and not you know being able to watch this one live in the building, I'm not saying I completely bought on the near falls, but I almost didn't expect them. You know, the couple of times where mm. Oku 
barely got his shoulder up. You know, it was kind of like yeah, that took yeah. me by that surprise. Roll. Yeah, oh, like, that's that, so well timed. You know, that was oh, brilliant. That that. Just the yeah. the kind of that, I want to see more that, of that. That was so good. That that just that I, ever. I, so, I, I thought it was beat that. at that point, isn't it? Yeah, but I, I don't want to yeah. see more of that. I want to see that in a moment like this where it means something. Yeah, and it's the biggest. Mm. It's the biggest title in the company on the line, and you've put that emotional labour and that working because in another match that'd just be like, oh yeah, that's what you do now. You do a little slow roll kick out, but you're right, Gareth. It meant so much in this moment. Yeah, because again, it just sort of like it just it, you know you talk about like punctuation points almost it just really put at that point that how close you know it felt like a genuine as genuinely close to being beat as i've seen a wrestler being mm. at at the point that they're making that last minute kick out it was such a good kick out it was so well so well done um mm. yeah, from 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 that point of view i think as as well where you know obviously touched upon that point of the been bits that might not you feel like they might not have work from a Amdram point of view or it sounded a bit WWE in many ways Osprey's heel performance was better because he was kind of toned back as well you know it wasn't the cackling haha villain that we see on on New Japan it was a it was a more serious heel presentation from him as well as well that just mm-hmm. had a bit more felt a bit more real and credible and and things what he, he, he wasn't so over the top which which again I thought you know, really added added to it. I think another thing that worked, you know, that can't be underestimated is just this had just a big fight feel where I just talk yeah. about there about like the production values and things that the little video that they done at the start that, you know, I'm guessing was obviously shown to the live crowd at the, at the, at the, at the time as, as, as well. It was a brilliant lead into the match watching on the, on the VOD, you know, with the, you know, you talk about the entrance with the, you know, Oku, to be honest, I wasn't, focused on the commentary at that point it was more you're watching him go around the crowd i'd probably that sort of zoned the commentary out really at, at, at that point but then osprey where and then when um but when you had osprey in there as well and the two of them at the start it had a genuine genuine big fight feel to it it felt like it was a it was a, a proper proper main event this just this wasn't just oh he's a another Taking on somebody for the world title, you know that you that you see at a, at a lot of shows. This Import the really, month. Yeah, it felt meaningful. It felt yeah. important. It felt like there was something behind it. And lo and behold, you got obviously you got the crowd in, in, invested for that reason. The fact that it that it uh, that it did have that, have that behind it again. That was one of the real strengths to it to me. Was like you could almost be watching this this cold and just put this on and and you'd know ah. This is the main event. This is the big match of the evening. This match feels important, and because it almost like laid the table with that at the start, everything that came following that from a storyline perspective and things that like, I think it made that work more as well. I think it made that feel like it mm. was it, it it was more in fitting as well because of it. Like so, it wasn't just the bit of business going on between Osprey and Oku between the ropes. I think so. A lot of credit's got to be given to RevPro overall for the yeah. way that they presented this match and the way they've built this match to to feel important. And and you know, obviously, a lot of that has come through the way that they've booked shows throughout the previous eighteen months. When there's been a lot of holding pattern stuff done across a lot of wrestling, but you know, 
Antiquillen's tried very hard, hasn't he, in that period to create new stars, push storylines, you know, bring things together that have a bit of meaning and a bit of long-termism to them. And, you know, he's reaping the benefits because of the, you know, the match that was delivered and the, the plaudits that it's, it's getting all over yeah. the world. Yeah, because I, I think there's like, to, I'm guessing to your point you're going to make, JP, is like, the, you know, the, the point of that we've constantly made, you know, and I'll make it again when I do BWE on Thursday, what RevPro have done a great job of, building Ricky Knight Jr. to be, you know, the next guy. Because, you know, Osprey, it's great to have him as a champion, but he's going to be away a lot. You don't know when you're going to have him. You know, Oku again was talking about that with John, with John and Way today. They need their own top guys, don't they? Or they needed their own top guy. After this match, it's like, well, actually, I don't know which one of the two it's going to be. Don't know if it's going to be Oku. Don't know if it's going to be RKJ. That's what you want, though, isn't it? And that's the point. You need depth. It's And that's the constant conversation we have with Brit Oh, there's wrestlers to step up. Or this wrestler can take that spot. It's not about that, is it? It's about, you know, building up a, a group of wrestlers mm. and building up a, a you know, a, a core roster. And Ref Bro have got a strong core roster now. And it feels like it's come out of nowhere, but it hasn't. It's come out of hard work. That was the, that was the point I was going to make. This is it's like this show is a vindication of a policy of sticking with, like these are the people going to go with. These are the people going to push. You look at pretty much all the people they're going in that direction with. After this show, you think, yeah, you're justified in going with Sunshine Machine and Luke Jacobs and RKJ and Oku um, and Alex Windsor, and you kind of think, you know, that's that's the, the direction you sort of should be going in, given what they have and like this show in and of itself and, and this made it, it's like this is what happens when you kind of make the best of what you have but you also had that real sports feel to it so you have the idea of like your cruiserweight champion being someone who is winning regularly as well so it'll always give it that that kind of credibility the Southampton match which I, I haven't seen but obviously had heard about with like sort of him losing that one minute out but it was like they kind of got it as much as anything else and that it, it was it was nice vindication as well that you don't need to bring in some sort of like kind of what you think of as a big traditional import. Mm. Yeah. You'd argue that like, you've got the, the people who are there on excursion, but they're not big stars. Like, you know, you can't be saying that there's the potential with, with quite a lot of them, but you, I like after watching this show and particularly after that main event, you come away thinking, like feeling quite encouraged, certainly for the next big show and just the general future direct direction of how they're booking. You go, yeah, actually yeah this is this doesn't feel fly by night or and kind of just say this as well a reflect a refreshing lack of just bullshit characters on here and the one character they have gets squashed in like a minute and then does actually i think quite a good decent job on commentary he might whenever he shouts out jesus or jesus christ which he does a lot in the main event Gideon Gray just makes me laugh. I don't know why. It sounds a bit childish. Just here and just go, Jesus! Like when he does the Oz, Oz cutter on the apron and stuff like that. <laughs> but that's, you know, and we're going to talk about other matches on here as well. But this is just like, this match is, it's like the perfect ending for like a show like that. And what you look at it in totality it was a really good night for Rev Pro. And to, and to be honest though as well, like looking at that and, you know, obviously one of the big, you know, as the scene has been decimated for various reasons over the last, you know, for a few years, you know, one of the things that we've talked about was this, you know, this almost layers of people that have been taken out. And then one of the big things that we've been, been we've bemoaned is, yeah, there are talented people, 
need them to be working with better people. We need them to be working with stars and things like that to elevate them and help them, you know, you know, like, what is it? Iron sharpens iron and all that kind of thing. And, yeah. you know, that, you know, helping people step up. And we're talking about the fact that the, that hasn't been there. Well, RevPro have used Osprey so well here, haven't they? You know, in, to, in, in order to get other people get other people over the younger talent over it's not just oku it's you know it is it's uh, you know ricky knight jr as well you look even you know t- almost like by extension kind of thing something like luke jacobs if ethan yeah. allen probably wasn't uh, injured as well you'd probably be talking about him in the same terms that they were sort of interwoven in with the tag side of things that had um, happened there as uh, as well and it's just you know, getting them in and amongst somebody who's operating at that level and working with them, it gives them that chance to perform on a bigger platform and step up and work at a different pace and work at a different level and things. And you know, these have, you know, these have have all shown that they've got that ability to do so. Like you say, we're going to talk about other matches, but you know, that RK J um, Luke Jacobs match absolute like you know banner as well guy you know and it's almost kind of like there's that dotted line from what's happening there with osprey and things into into that mix and it's you know it just just shows you just having that one genuine star and using him booking him so well that it's not just a case of let's throw out shows with osprey as our headliner because he's will osprey and he's you know been the new japan champion and things it's let's have him on there but let's use him to just elevate three four five different people across our, our card that just makes us makes our overall card stronger and it makes our future stronger as well like that was just the feeling i was just left with at the end of this show it was just yeah great match but beyond the match this is you know even greater still because mm. you know again one of the criticisms i suppose of the of the british scene again is wild there's you know there are definitely some shining lights and have been some shining lights across the last 12 months you know we've talked about well it's becoming this kind of re- regionalized aspect who's going to travel and things i think when you look at RevPro, you look at the names on that card and things it's different it's unique you know there's yeah. different things happening there to what you what you can see half an hour down the road or an hour down the road and things like i say it left me at the end feeling like fuck i wish i'd gone to the to, to this show and like you said i think i can't remember which one of you said you're thinking about the next chapter okay well what's to come how how does this evolve i'm thinking i want to be at that next bloody york all show now whereas i'd, I'd blatantly honest i didn't give it much of a second thought about going this you know to this show prior to prior to watching it it was just oh it's an expense it's you know there's plenty of brit rest going on down the road and things like that whereas now it does feel like it's got that um sort of element of a, of a pull to it which again mm-hmm. it's it's great to see that within 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 the british wrestling scene that somebody has done something that stands out to that level that can create that Playing with the same pieces as other companies, you know, and I look at the spoilers from you know the last couple of progress shows, and I know people are excited about Ilya Dragunov being back in progress. Okay, cool. The NXT UK champions back. That's a big deal to some people, but I look at playing with those same pieces in that same empty arena. And yes, Red Pro been back to live shows longer, and it's night and day. There's no competition for no. you know the the job that's been done. Um, you know, I looked at that that you know. I made the joke and I ended up pulling the tweet because it brought out, you know, the usual. But, like, you know, the, the, you compared, like, this York All show to the Pro- Progress Fair show back, and I know they had the go-go, and, you know, that got some headlines as well, even though it's, you know, not gone on the network. Like, 
this show just looked to me, I it did, you know, for me look like a big show. It did look like a show. It was like, okay, well, I was going to be in the area anyway, so you know, I was going to, I was going either way. But as far as a show, you know, it did look particular. You know, even the fact they've got you know Aussie Open as a as a unique thing to have in the semi main event, you know, that adds depth. Having you know Oku, your own grown star who isn't working elsewhere, that gives you you know a little bit of something. Ricky Knight Junior. You know, it it feels like six months ago we were a million miles away from you know Rev Pro being able to <clears throat> you know have this strong backbone, and it feels like they've kind of got it already. Had a couple of interested imports, you know, and not that they necessarily need them because, like I'm telling you, that York Hall was fucking busy just for this match, just for mm-hmm. a, you know a Rev Pro built match. I know Osprey, you know, I suppose you could technically count him as a as an import, but at the same time, you know, it's genuinely impressive and once you're adding those pieces as well like it yeah it can't help but feel positive coming out of it yeah and when there are imports and the interesting imports they don't have those wwe shackles Mm. which might well suggest that you can't have them Mm. which is why for example when i saw like the Ilya dragon off of progress my immediate thought was well people weren't interested when they were having a feud for ages like that's like that you know that era of progress wasn't anywhere kind of close to selling out i'm sure there's there's it feels like novelty value if i'm being honest whereas i know liam says in the chat all of this feels like and you've said earlier on the 18 months has led to something like this where they're doing it and near soul you know a really good crowd at your call that isn't just like that five six hundred that we kind of thought might be the ceiling for a while for some of these big shows Mm. they've got interesting people on excursion that they can do interesting things with like there's just that bit more kind of scope to do some interesting things with so i mean even though the yota suji stuff you know you don't really buy them as a as like being alongside the legion and stuff like that you kind of like look at it and go well it's interesting they can do something with it rather than you have to bring in wwe contracted name and this is how they are and this is how they're going to kind of be presented i think you can do some interesting storylines and there isn't that kind of inevitability about it and it's just you know and it's it's just like you say they're using people who aren't appearing for like various other promotions at half the price in terms of the tickets for for fans and the rest of it like you know it it, does a lot it's not like (laughs) yeah Sorry, I was joking. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not. He's back now. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. We're maybe not going that far. But it's the know. first real positive thing <laughs> that we've had to say, certainly about an, I will say about generally an overall show mm. than this, because there was nothing on this show that I hated mm. in any way, shape or form. That would quite often, I, I was saying not that long ago, if, they, if you have two good matches, Mm. on a british on a british card at this point it feels like yeah and we're talking like kind of like high quality wrestling not like stuff that necessarily is just gonna kind of get like the easy cheer and and whatnot but here you're seeing you're seeing top end wrestling with young wrestlers which surely for all for everyone you know who claims to love brit rest surely that's what you want a promotion to be doing mm. no is that not like the kind of overall point yeah, there's mm. that. Um, but and and that's Being the thing. Done on a shoestring budget, or do you want to support Man City? It's you know, it's it's, it's, the, it's that other kind of plug. Anyway, I'm not going to. Like I would say, like as as a you know, looking up and down this card. I mean, did you both watch the whole thing? Did you did you watch? Yeah. Did you pick up matches? Uh, 
I, I've missed a couple. I, I think I've I think I've watched about six. I've watched um, the opener, Alex Coughlin and Gideon Gray. I watched the showroom and Uyo Asuji. I watched Luke Jacobs and Ricky Knight. I watched um, Akira and Kid, and I watched the main event. Um, I'm glad you watched the Kieran Kid. Bet that's. I was going to say what's the oh. answer, yeah, but I think I know the answer. <laughs> that was that was the one like live that stood out to me. You know, I saw up to and pretty much including the entirety of the uh, the semi main event live. But Akira and Kid was the one I was raving about and thought that that would be the conversation. You know, the next day, and obviously it's not been. But that was that was special. Like that, you know, that was you know Gabriel Kid coming in and you know showing what a bit of polish the uh you know the lad dojo can do jp i'm sure you're like a proud dad watching this one back because <laughs> he's a oh, fucking beast seeing him live I, mate i was i was believing it i was like me and jp need to watch uh we'll start we'll start a new japan strong podcast to go along with the weekend show now every weekend wow <laughs> after you bugger me all this time because fuck me did he did he look good here like i loved i, I did you know we talked about it, didn't we i did watch the um mm-hmm. the kingston match um and i love that too and this, it was just like, fuck me, this is a different animal. This is like a completely different wrestler. And it was just, it, it was one of those matches where, like, I, I went 4.25 on the grapple app. I know the, the average mm. is a little bit lower than that. Um, but, you know, g- give me give me some room for a, for a 2.5's worth of live bias there. But as far as just a solid, hard-hitting, you know, match between just two lads, throwing bombs and trying to win a fight really or and a fight yeah. that was you know unlike Osprey where it's a personal thing it's like a pride thing you know a lad from all Japan and a lad from yeah. New Japan just trying to prove he was the fucking best like kid came across here like a top level New Japan guy and I've not felt that about him you know at any point I was blown away watching this one live and yeah it got incredible like the, the finish to this you know the stuff with the you know with the German suplex into the lariat all of that like I was jumping up and down, you know, when the beer stood at the back, and the place was going absolutely nuts for it. I hope this one translated, you know, for up to tape as uh, as good as it was live. I haven't had a, a chance to rewatch it yet. Oh, it did. Yeah, I, I mean, I went four stars on this. I was tempted to go four point two five. I realised we haven't done the star rating for the main event. Actually, I was going to look back around and say, <laughs> "What did you give it?" No, come back. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to come back to that. But this one, like you said, and it's kind of like the main event in the sense there was a bit of needle. And I think that all Japan, New Japan, gave you that bit of needle because, like they even said it on commentary, that the expectancy that this was going to be sort of young lions doing young lines sort of technical grappling. And it was like, nah, fuck that. They went in there and they beat shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say, like, Francesco Akira is a great underdog baby face. And for those of you who haven't seen, I know we spoke about it quite a while ago, watch the All Japan Dojo documentary, which he is like the kind of really the star of because he comes across as a really like kind of like kind of good lad who is kind of enjoys that dojo life. Like he's studying his Japanese. He's very much like kind of assimilated into the culture, but um, and I think he's got an injury as well. Cause he had to pull out of 16 carat, which is a real shame. I know he's replaced, I think by um, Lufisto um, as the first woman um, to go into there. But so you had that kind of bit of needle between them, but I've made some notes on kids on here now I, I didn't see him as much as you guys did because obviously i'd be based down south so when he was here and he, he was wrestling the indies but the thing i found here is like over the last few weeks it's like he feels like a star and it feels like from the moment he cut that promo and there was that bit of kind of real life connection there that it, the, the one he did in in new japan strong was talking about like how like how hard he he you know things were for him 
Um, mm-hmm. But you're talking about his wrestling. He's really versatile mm-hmm. because we're talking, you can do technical wrestling. We've seen him do that a whole load of times. Really good. Brawling is unexpectedly good, but there's like a, there's like a kind of, I wouldn't say subtle heel. There's very much like a bully character, which can go kind of one or two ways. And here he was being kind of generally cheered. Has that crowd connection, just has that presence in the ring. Um, he's got size. He's not kind of like overly muscly, but he's certainly got that bit of size and presence. And I think it worked better like the main event where you've got that smaller underdog baby face going up against it, who looks like they're fucked. And the state of Akira's chest, he looked like an absolute kind of like mess by the end but I thought we showed good fire you know seen him be able to work as as kind of like a baby face as well you're just thinking to yourself there's like in his offense as well and this seems to be something that hopefully you, you'd be talking about he gets this from Shabata just that bit of extra I don't know what the word to describe is like drive when he goes into things so there's no like wasted motion and it's that kind of ground down logic that you imagine you get when you go through a dojo system and so these two guys, I I clicked. I, I yeah, four stars. In some ways, I should have gone higher. Like for this one, as I think four point two five sounds about there. Was it the first match after the intermission? It was, yeah. And I love the way they do that. They they really yeah stack these shows really well. As far as that second half being like the killer half, it was the fucking killer yeah. half on this night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that's good to hear. What did you think of it, Gareth? Yeah, I really enjoyed it as well. Like I'm the same as JP there. Like I, I went four stars on on this, but it was God. It translated well. I, again, you know, where I talk about wishing I was in the building, this was a match where I was thinking, "Fuck, mm. I wish I was in the building for this." And I, you know, what like it, when you talk about like kids having that sort of like star presence, just him stood at the top of that ramp in his New Japan tracky top yeah. kind of when he came through. He looked like the real deal. Like he he really did. He looked like the he looked like the fucking business and just and then and then when he was he was in ring. Now obviously granted he was against a, like a smaller fella, but he just looked like a physical beast. He you know, he had that star presence that you're talking about there that was you know was really really jumping out of the screen and and just the way this match started just that rapid start where it was like literally like right here we go and it was just like immediately like 100 mile an hour kid straight over with the um big strikes the head drop suplex and then there was like an immediate kind of high impact response from akira and it was just like there you go. In 10 seconds, we've just set the tone here for what we're going to do. It was just like fucking bang. It was like bullet from a gun stuff, like right at the start. And I was just like, oh, yes. Like I was literally bought into this immediately as as soon as it happened. And then just the structure of the match where, you know, obviously with, you know, him being that kind of physical, physically dominant presence, but then having like Akira is just that sort of scrappy, never say die under dog with his like little counters and his little reversals of certain things but then you know those like real f- strong fiery striking comebacks that he did before kid would inevitably kind of cut him off with something as well like in any in many ways it was almost the way you talk about the all japan new japan thing with the state that all japan's in as well it was almost like a physical representation of that as well <laughs> that you've got the big dominant you know monster there and the the scrappy little underdog just trying to survive in you know in the marketplace as, as all japan almost are um currently as well you know so it almost had that like tie into it as uh, as well um but i mean sort of like some of the some of the stuff here just the um 
that that they were they were landing. Obviously, there was like that. There was the big T-bone suplex on the ramp, which looked brutal when Kid landed that. There was a bit towards the end where Kid like nearly knocked Akira's head clean off his shoulders with a yeah. massive lariat, and then it was like brain buster right after that for a near fall. That was a fucking great little uh, great little uh, spot there, and obviously you know. He, Get, you know, getting the win with the, uh, with that twist and tombstone, but again, just for for what a quarter of an hour match, like what they packed in packed in here, and like you know, really, really good stuff. Like I say, I've gone four, and it you went four point two five. I saw her on the app actually, and I thought there's an element of yeah. Awesome. I, I bet if I was in the if I bet if I was in the building, I could have gone four point two five. It's averaging at like four point one nine on the the app as well. So. You know, mm. most people are going above four for it as but to me it was just testament to that time that kids spent over there in New Japan, you know, while the pandemic was on. And you know, it felt like every single show it was almost like that triangular series almost, wasn't it? With like him and um, Yamura and um, Yotosuji and things. They were just working constantly, like literally every single show. I don't think anyone put more miles on the clock as uh, Gabriel Kidd during that mm. period. He was he was working so often, but it was also you know, he was getting chance to. He was working with Zach. He was doing tags. You know, against Osprey, he was working with the Carter and things like that. It's almost like the pandemic period there was like what an acceler a learning acceleration that he got purely by being there at that time with them circumstances around it. And again, you think of people who've come out or come, as we get towards the other side, hopefully coming out of it like shit it's almost like he's coming out of it five years six years further down the line on his on, on his career because again he looks uh he looks um looks like he could do anything he could he could literally do anything at the at the moment yeah he, he looked a beast and it was it's just interesting to see you know obviously you mentioned those new japan cup matches and the other new japan matches we've largely seen him in He's been the beta, hasn't he? Whereas in this match, he was very much the alpha. And, you know, the Kingston match, it was kind of like that. He was more of an equal of Kingston than he would have been, you know, in a in a previous life. And, you know, all that learning on the other side of these beatings seems to have kind of worked out for him because, fuck, B, did he beat the shit out of Akira? But, yeah, that's what it was live. It was a just a hard-hitting fight of a match that... It was, you know, you said it started hot. It didn't feel like it, it, it kind of slowed up. It just felt like a great sprint. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love a good, you know, solid four star plus kind of sprint match. And I'd love one of these matches on, you know, in every one of these shows. Um, you know, Francesco Akira, the bits I've seen of him in Red Pro, he's been all right. Never really blew me away. I believe he has been dealing with some injury issues and such as well. But yeah, this, you know, he, he was very good in the match as well. So it, it felt like a good match on the card. And if anything, just maybe a little bit sad that I think they've only got. Gabriel Kidd for a, a couple more shows. I think they Golden told uh, Will in that torch interview, so that's a mm. that's a bit a bit unfortunate. But hopefully, you know they've got first dibs on him, like you would imagine. And whenever he's in the UK, he's gonna add and gonna be another thing that that adds something to these yeah. cards. Um, I mean, before we you know we do move on, was there was there anything else from the from the show you guys wanted to talk? Anything else that that stuck out uh, particularly? I could talk about pretty much all of this card, to be honest <laughs> with you, because I because I, I really enjoyed it. Like, mm. I mean, yeah, you'd say things on pacing, and it's not necessarily perfect, but it's as good and well structured a British wrestling show as I've seen in in quite a number of years. I suppose, really, in some ways, you have to mention the tag match um, as well, like Sunshine Machine versus Aussie Open. I thought, in in many ways, it was kind of a tag match you'd expect of Aussie Open, but if we're thinking of what the job overall was to do, which was to make Sunshine Machine, 
they did that like I thought they did. It felt like it was kind of like a coming out pie. I mean, and I remember when I went to see them, it, the first show I went back to after the pandemic in Bristol and they were on there and I thought, oh, they look really good. Look like they've worked on their tag offense as well as a bit more sort of like seriousness to them. And here, like there was a, there was a lot of that and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of the kind of spectacular and it's, it's kind of like overblown. I mean, I haven't gone as high on it as what other people have done probably, but I, I think I went three and a half on it for that, but really good. Um, like something to mention on there. I don't know how you guys felt about that. And then obviously I want to mention the other, yeah, the match that Gareth mentioned earlier on. Yeah, I, I've currently got the tag sat up, paused, waiting to hit play on. Um, ah. so when we finished uh, recording here, that was the uh, that was the one that I didn't manage to uh, sneak in. So unfortunately, can't pass comment on that. Yeah, it was well, it was fun live um, for what I saw. Yeah. I watched, I watched a bit of it back on VOD, and obviously there's the unfortunate you know slip on the finish with the uh, Canadian destroyer. That actually, in a way, looks more devastating. Mm. It almost like a, turns into like a assisted pedigree <laughs> at that point yeah um, but no obviously it was that incredible um spot on the uh on the ramp as well in this one to to kick things off the yeah. kind of you know it was a big move aussie open match and you know as far as you know i know sunshine machine went over and uh, the champions here you know it was more an aussie open match than their match but you know people people might look at them at this position on on a on a red pro car and go you know Oh, that's the state of state of Brit Res. But you're right, quietly they've been putting that work in. Quietly they've been, been mm. you know, getting a bit more credible as a team. And you know, the, every match I've seen of them, pretty much since the the Red Pro comeback, you know, yeah. thought, thought was uh, was good. Um, so yeah, there's there's definitely something there. I don't think it was you know you blow away your call as the open four and a half star match. It was probably more than a three and a half to three point seven five star range. But as far as a a semi main event and you know a, a decent. You know, match to put on with Aussie Open on the bill. I think it, it worked for me. And then uh, Gareth mentioned earlier on that RKJ versus Luke Jacobs. Like, I thought that was fucking great. I mean, I went th- again 3.75 on that. Mm. Um, it felt like a match. I mean, it, it probably got a little bit too much, I think, mm. slightly towards in. There's like, like a little bit too much time i don't know how that played because obviously you see the running time of the show and they kind of go through the matches at the beginning at quite a pace you go we got through it like three here in the first 45 minutes but the show runs three hours 45 but i thought it was like kind of like really good uh like kind of back and forth it was obviously rkj going over is what makes sense as well but you felt like this is a rivalry that's going to go you know luke jacobs another person on the come up as well and um yeah they kind of you know i thought it was like jacobs as that kind of rig really kind of good solid hoss that you need around british wrestling whilst at the same time he's incredibly agile i think for for a man his size yeah i i mean i know gareth has more to say about about it necessarily than me but i thought that that was like a really good fun match i went yeah 3.75 on yeah, I mean, I was—I've gone three and a half on it. I could have gone three point seven five. You know, it was one that, that again, it was—it was certainly in that three point five plus category. It was so enjoyable. Mm. This, you know, just talk about a, you know, tough hard-hitting contest. You know, two lads just, you know, laying it in and having a credible looking fight. Like, ah, oh, 
I love Luke. I love Luke Jacobs. I, I, I really, really, you know, love him. You know, you talk about that hoss. You know, I, I just him just the the weight he just puts behind stuff. It it just you know everything everything about him is just just jumps sort of like jumps from the ring, jumps from the screen, as just looking about having that credibility, all business, no nonsense, just like fucking proper kick-ass wrestler and just like I love watching him and I especially love watching him when he's on this kind of platform with this kind of opponent as well. And, you know, I think this was another match that just felt like it had an air of importance about it, which just gave it a bit more sort of like credibility and stuff. It wasn't just a throwaway match on the undercard. It was a match that felt like it, it meant something. And, you know, yeah. again, leaning into the to the build that it had had and the things that had gone on in the past with, you know, Young Guns and Osprey and, you know, just that whole interweaving of everything that's gone in and around that storyline just just gave this just that 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 something extra to it as well and i think because of the style of luke jacobs as well and with rkj you know he is a, essentially is still somebody who's moving from you know moving to be a heavyweight you know and be, you know to be treated as a credible heavyweight and coming through matches like this i i think this match just added that air of toughness and credibility to RKJ as well like you know just with with, with some of the stuff that he he battled uh, back from there and, and and laid in you know as a standalone match I thought it worked great but just in terms of just ticking some other boxes of you know I'll often talk about a match where at the end you look at it and you go who came out better as a result of this and like anytime you go they both came out better as a result of this match that's always like a big win for me and i felt both lads for different reasons came out um better than when they walked in you know i, I think rkj definitely looks like somebody who can who can mix it with anyone when you put him in a you know you put him in a match like this and he can come out on top I mean, it, it's crazy to me that they're both twenty-one. Like that is fun. Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, that like, you know, I you know I'm the Brit Res pessimist, but that is obviously you know the fact that these two are this good at this age, especially. You know, share your praise of Luke Jacobs, but he feels like a very, very, very good twenty-one-year-old wrestler. Ricky Nice, if you told me he was thirty-two, I'd go, oh, yeah, fair enough. Like you know, that's that's what he's got. Like right now, he's got like he's got that main event poise that we were talking about. That the Roku seems to be kind of getting mm. right now. And I maybe wasn't quite as high as you guys on the match live. I'll have to watch it. I probably will watch it back on VOD before uh, BWE on on Thursday. Maybe I expected a little bit, you know, more to the standard of Akira Kid, where this is more for me. Uh, you know, a three and a half star, nice little match, and you're not wrong, Gareth. You know, achieved its aim, I suppose. You know, on the car, but I maybe more expected mm. this to be big three second half for the, you know, the the card worthy. Um, where maybe you know, it, you know, I know it main events at the uh, the first half, but I don't know. Maybe I, I could have got another five minutes for an hour of it, but doesn't mean I did. You know, not saying I didn't like it. Um, and you know, I've got a lot of time for for both of them, and you know, it says everything you're yeah, about. You know, I think it was a says everything about where RevPro is, that one, you've got a Ricky Knight Jr. who's on the cusp of being potentially the top guy in the company, and you've got a Luke Jacobs, you know, who's another one, of you know, they're making a, a positive out of that negative, aren't they? You know, Ethan Allen's out, and, you know, he's been recognised for, for what he can do, and he's been put in this spot, and, you know, I'd like to see him on more big spots like this, make that positive out of that negative, and see him on more yeah. calls. So I want to see him, you know, speaking of the other two, mixing it up with a Kieran kid. That's a nice little mini division there at that point, isn't it? Where mm. you those lads all, you know, different combinations of them on on shows going mm-hmm. forward that that's what i'm excited for yeah 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I also think as well when they are able to get some of like the the kind of bigger imports in, I want to see Luke Jacobs getting the chance to kind of wrestle people like you meant, like Gareth mentioned earlier on with iron sharpening iron. Like that's the kind of that's the environment he needs to to also be in there as well, not sort of spinning his heels. And that's I think the good thing about Rev Pro is you don't get the feeling that the roster is spinning its heel uh, spinning its heels that they're actually there's good forward momentum and things are moving at a pace and in the direction that you want it to. That's it. That's it. Um, Luke Jacobs, Luke Jacobs, Alex Coughlin. I don't know if that's happened or not, but that's, you know, coming oh, out of this oh, when you look at people on the chat. There's a match for, there's a match. You should do a squat contest, then they should fight. Like, it should be like a yeah. <laughs> full-on young boy. Like, yeah, that'd be a... Oh. That, that, those, yeah, that's it. The, you know, the Carl Fredericks of the world, mixing up all of those different different lads with... You know, our equivalents, you know, Luke Jacobs, Ethan Allen. That's exciting, isn't it, on the undercard? Um, was, go ahead, JP. Yeah. No, I was going to say, Alex Coughlin there feels like a really good fit, and I'm mm. very happy that he's in there. Um, mm. and yeah, there's not much to say this... about that one, is there? That match with him. <laughs> Gideon, yeah. he's great, Gideon Grace good value, though, and for what he does. You know, he fits in on the shows. as like, a, you know, he's the comedy heel manager slash commentator slash whatever else they need to be out there and get beaten up in 30 seconds. He'll do that job. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's very good at it. Ab- absolutely great hand mm-hmm. for what he is. Like, particularly the value he offers on the mic, like, mm-hmm. and on commentary as well, where mm-hmm. that kind of shtick, I mean, that, Dare I say it, I preferred him to hearing Andy Boy Simmons the times when he would do some of the various little bits of, of kind of heel heel shtick on there in the past. I thought yeah, Gideon Gray was good. Now that feels like a slight on Steph because she did a good job commentating on the first two matches as well. But like it was it was one of these things that when he when you know for this, it felt like it gave Alex Cotton, who stands out anyway, because he's such a physical fucking unit, mm. that and he feels like his style is really well suited to kind of being there for a bit. And Rev Pro's running regularly, so it, you know, this is this is good. These are the kind of things that I, you know I want to see him come over. Hopefully, a Clark Connors and a Carl Fredericks decide to come over mm-hmm. uh, as well at various points because, like, at the same time, you're you're witnessing a journey here, and all of these people we've seen them do the young lion stuff, and now we're in the second phase. And we're just at the point where we said for a long time, it's like, well, why don't they use Britain a lot more? And really all we had was great O'Khan. Now at the point we can't move for fucking young lions. <laughs> Everywhere. All over the shop. Well, speaking of which, um, I mean, I was going to say the rest of this undercard. I don't know if, I mean, it sounds like you might be a bit higher on me. I did think it was a show of two halves. I mean, Yotosuji Shota Rumino was there for me. It was a 2.75 star match, maybe at being generous uh i don't know i like i like yosasuji shotarumino i'm i don't think i'm gonna gonna get it with him um, crowd turned on him though yeah yeah there is that yeah you know and there was that you know the this kind of nice little angle that, that they're doing and i think I, I do think that bit in the match where you know they did the stuff with uh with him and you know and, and but again bump and put poor gideon gray that did get over in the building so you know mm. you can't say the the little um slow project i suppose as they're doing with them to uh is working but yeah that I, I will say like from that first half of the show that the one negative i'd say is some of the timing issues like dan maloney and callum newman's match was you know perfectly fine did it need Dan Maloney to cut a promo that felt like at least live in the building mm. it went like 35 minutes to get his point out? You know, I, I know he was gasping for air, but 
if that that felt long, and if that felt long, you know, Charlie Evans and Alex wins it again. I, you know, a solid little three point two five star match. I pro- probably call it, but unfortunately, we had to follow that with you know the world's longest Debbie Keitel promo. Which if the if the Damalodi one went half an hour, that felt like it went like an hour. Um, yeah, oh. they, they were they were struggles to, to to get through live, and you know, we were already running a tad bit late and you know it did like, have a knock-on effect on on that main event and cause you know the likes of the ogdens and uh, and people like me to uh, to unfortunately miss it but yeah they, they, they were some negatives of that first half i don't know if you had any uh, particular positives from just sampling the matches on the vodjp i would say this is where i get into the structure of the card if you're watching it on vod and it starts off with that squash and then you move into a couple of undercard matches which mm. are good like I thought they were fine. I like I went three stars on pretty much like Maloney and Callum um Callum Newman. I went three stars on that, but then like you say, the promo stuff afterwards dragged, but you know, I wasn't there live, so I ended up skipping through it because I just thought mm. I don't really need to necessarily see all of this. Um I thought Alex Winter Charlie Evans was better than I thought. I thought it was like this is the best I've ever seen Alex Winter. And it feels like there's a bit more of a crowd connection. So there's like something like kind of a bit more there about the women's division. That's not something we've said very often about Rev Pro in the past. I mean, they did make uh, make like an effort during the uh, the the kind of no fans shows, and there was a lot more featured. But then various people have left in that time. There were they had the um, what was it, Jamie? Hater and Sky Smithson go to a WWE tryout or something like that, so they both got taken off. Mm. Whereas here, I thought Evans looked as good as I, I haven't seen her in a long time, and I thought she looked as as good as she was. I thought Windsor, Windsor has definitely improved. It was like sort of good fire between them. So for me, as a match, I went like three stars. But I thought within the context of the overall card, and I'm you know not seeing it in two halves like um, like you would have done live, Benno. I think it it just kind of worked. It just felt like an easy undercard for me to pretty pretty much get through, which is really all I wanted from it. Mm. Anything stand out for you, Gareth? But nothing. I, th- I think from the first half, I think you know, obviously, I've said there, there's a couple of matches that I didn't didn't see. I think it was just Shotarumino was probably the best that I've. I think he's looked oh, okay. to me personally on the you know this this. All amounts that I've seen seen of him um, since he's been been over here, I think he just again he just to, to me just looked like he had a bit more of that sort of I don't know star quality about him where I think it's looked lacking in the previous uh, things that I've seen either on VOD or live. You know, I don't I don't think he's he's you know it's almost looked like he, he looked like he was maybe a bit taking it a bit more seriously. I think on this one compared to some of us, or maybe he's been taken you know his last few weeks and uh, months a little bit more uh, last few weeks a, a bit more seriously as as well. I think he 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 went from looking to me like. Yeah, just another guy, really. To you know, actually, someone who, oh yeah, he does stand out here as having something about him. And you know, I, again, I enjoyed that match for for what it was. You know, I think the main thing that's standing out for me is, again, that was another like three star level match. You know, you're talking about the the other two matches after that that I've that I've not been able to watch. That you know, again, yeah, you, you're putting it in that category. You know, I, you know, you look at this and I'm thinking of it in the realms of this is a Brit rest show and we're talking about three star three star three star there's a couple of four star plus matches peppered in there you've got one of the matches of the year 
peppered in there at the end as as well. You've got some, you know, three and a half, three point seven five stuff in there as well. Top to bottom, like you know, you talk about, you know, we, re, you know, when we review anything across mm-hmm. the board, if we're talking about the fact that there's multiple matches that are like three and a half star, if you've got more than, you know, if you've got two plus four star matches on a show, like. It's fucking up there as far as uh, you know things being good, and uh, and that's again with missing a couple. Even I felt like that at the end of this. I thought like what a top top to bottom good show there that that stands up. You know the caliber of it stands up stands up against other things that we've watched from all around the uh, the we world. The Royal Rumble like, last week. <laughs> How many of them matches went over three stars? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and that's the, that's the thing is, you know, you're watching these big, big name shows, and and they're not they're not delivering at the same level that that, that this did. You know, I, I reviewed the Grapple 100 last week. RevPro had four matches in the uh, hundred, same in roster WWE. You know, no other European promotion even made the top 100. It shows that you know they're doing stuff and they're doing it right. And you know, again, this is just building on it further. It's uh, um, it's great to feel positive about you know shows that are coming you know a show that's coming out of the UK and excitement about you know things to come and then looking at the pieces there and you know that it's not just going to be a, a you know thrown together card there's you know logic and structure and depth and you know planning involved you know mm. a lot of reasons to be positive definitely well I mean speaking of those reasons to be positive and we should have done it at the time but blame me fuck COVID um, but the uh, the main event we didn't actually give our uh, our star ratings on did anybody did anybody go the full five like Uncle Dave I doubt anyone did and, and Uncle Dave uh, five isn't quite a, a grapple five these days but I'll be honest I came close I went 4.75 on it I don't know if I'm the uh, the high man on this I went from 4.5 up to 4.75 like wow. I kind of feel like I talked talk myself into I wonder it. when yeah, you said you switched it whether you'd gone from 4.75 to 5 nah, nah. <laughs> I, 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 it's funny these days what I have the criteria for 5 is kind of inexplicable but it has to almost like feel like a 5 I know we'd spoken about this in the past and in a lot way in a lot of ways this delivered what I kind of you know I'm glad it got the rating from Meltz I'm glad for Michael Oku mm. because it does add credibility regardless of what anyone says it does. It does have credibility and it does mean something that he's had a five-star match because if in the future he ends up at a bowler, that's the kind of thing that ends up getting you booked there, mm-hmm. isn't it? Is is this type of stuff. This is like a hell of a calling card. And in a lot of ways, I'm just delighted of the reception it's got because it just feels like it's kind of, you know, watching him do the interview and Amira Blair comes in with a cup of tea when he does it with uh, John and Way on the post daily update today. It's kind of really good. And I'd recommend to anyone who hasn't seen it, like watch that interview as well, because you can really see what it means to him. And I think as a result, what it kind of means for British wrestling and what is, what is possible with the roster that we have out there that you can put on shows with variety and you can do storytelling. You can do all of these things, and you can do it in a way with decent production values as well that aren't taking shortcuts to get there. Like, yeah. to give it the old football analogy, you're watching someone develop youth into your football side, and you're always going to have time for that and respect for that rather than, say, getting in big imports or just the same players who've done it elsewhere, you know, which worked for Newcastle tonight, don't get me wrong. But... um, <laughs> Like I, I, 
I, sadly won't work for Everton, um, as Gareth will find out in a couple of hours. <laughs> um, it, it is it, it is that kind of thing where like this uh, for me. I mean, you know, we've we've given it like an ultra high rating. It it just it, it almost like it it just is a shot in the arm, mm. like a real shot in the arm for British wrestling. Yeah, and we haven't had one of those and like I, in in a in a serious way for quite a long time. Yeah, and I know I joke about Meltzer's rating, but like, I will frame it. I'd rather frame it that way. Like I'm I'm kind of with you, JP, in that I'm not. I'm not going to talk about why I didn't give it five. I'm talking. I'm telling you why I gave it four point seven five because you know, like I say, I really enjoyed the first half of this match, but it was a four star, four point maybe four point two five star mm-hmm. match of ours. Being generous, it was this. It was it was the second half. It was you can call them amateur dramatics or whatever you like. All of that stuff, all of that emotion, you know, pulled this match right up to a, to a four point seven five, which is you know, touching the touching the very tippy top of the the world when it comes to to. We'll probably be so, talking about it in the top ten. Oh, we, yeah, hundred percent. Oh, it's yeah. it's a better rating than I gave any match in twenty twenty one. So take that as a stat. Um, I'm not sure yeah. if it's better than anything I've given in twenty twenty two so far. That uh, Wrestle Kingdom main event was something, but um, yeah, you know, it's high rating. And I know, like I say, Gareth, there's been a few fives after that on the uh, on the app and uh, and a few uh, few big ratings there. Yeah, there was, you know, certainly from like the live um, point of view, there was like. Fives were just flying in under the sun, you know, before it was Maybe a VOD from people who, yeah. <laughs> people who'd seen it, you know, seen it in the in, in the in, in the building, and you know, it was tracking to be you know clear of uh, clear of the um, the other two like best matches of the year so far. I mean, if it sounds weird, I've you know, I've I've gone four and a half on it, <laughs> so I'm I'm the I'm the low man, but um, but yeah. It feels weird, sort of saying that after waxing lyrical as much as I have on on this, but you know, at the end of the day, it's still a out you know outstanding rating. Um, from that point of view, it's got on the app. It's currently tracking at four point six nine, which is exactly the same as what Hangman Danielson's got from you know Dynamite on 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 the fifth of Jan, and oh um, wow, yeah, exactly the same rating as what Akada Osprey got from um, Wrestle Kingdom as well. You um, you know, so it's it, it's it's absolutely you know up there in the best three matches of the uh, of the year so far I think as well that one point that I wanted to make too as well is you can maybe look at this and go like oh it's a Will Ospreay match as, a, as as well and that's the you know that's the reason for it being so high if you if you haven't seen it and you may be thinking of it in the, in those terms it's every much about every much <laughs> every much as about Michael Oku as it is about Will Ospreay. Yeah. This match, he absolutely lives up to every end of his bargain on uh, on, on on this uh, on, on this particular match as well. And again, it's one of those where, like you talk about in things like Bowler and stuff, JP. You know, you know, mm-hmm. I'm look. I was watching this thinking, you know, New Japan Junior Division that needs a shot in the arm and things like that. Hopefully, the the awareness and credibility that he gets um, on the back of this is again just going to kind of further elevate him and kickstart more opportunities for for his career. And yeah, if you if you haven't watched this match, honestly, what you can go on RevPro if you've never been on there, and you know on their on demand service, and you can get a two weeks free trial and watch it as part of that. I think you can buy it as a one off for less than a tenner or something like that. Honestly, you're not going to spend eight quid or whatever it is on very much better than this this month. You know, if you've got eight quid, knocking about, go and go and watch this card, go and watch this match because it's it's worth it. Absolutely, there you go. 
A one-hour Brit res loving from us, lot. There you go. What's, what's going on? Starting 2022. British wrestling Mate. spotlight's back, JP. It's uh... <laughs> 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 We say last week we weren't covering Brit res ever again. Hey, oh, well. <laughs> Here we wow. Are. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is, is this where Rev Joe re-emerges? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's going to suddenly pop up from behind your couch, JP. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Get back on the red pro chat. Yeah, beyond the re- beyond the red curtains. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's just gonna, <laughs> gonna jump out. As now. you know, he texted me um, on Saturday. I fucking shit myself. I thought I was thought he was gonna be like, "I'm at your call." The car wasn't quite that good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on him. Um, well, yeah. Any more to say on that? Anything, Britres in general? No, really. Right then, let's uh, move on then away from the Britres stuff and. Let's talk some uh, some AEW lads. This uh, show is coming to you on a uh, on a Tuesday night, so it was a little while ago the uh, the last night, but I think it's still well worth talking. It's the uh, to be honest, until saw that Red Pro main event, it would absolutely have been the uh, the lead topic today. But you know, get a near start near five star match in the show, you've got to talk about it. But to be honest, Dynamite had its own you know very very um, strong match. It also had possibly the worst segment I've seen on a Dynamite. Um, at any point in history as well. But it also had a very good match in it. Um, I don't know. What's the, what's the biggest talking point? The uh, the Brandy shit show or the uh, or the Great Main? Um, I don't know. We just we just praised something for ages. Let's, let's slag something off. What the fuck was going on with that Brandy Road segment? Has anyone worked out yet? Oh. What, what, what's happening? Like, why is... Why is Dan Lambert being cast as the face, I think? Oh. Like, yeah, Brandy Road's coming out there and... Like yeah. shitting on, like pretending she didn't know what town she was in, and then kind of just kind of going at the fans, and then acting like she's aware of why people hate her, and then he comes out and he says the world's worst things. <laughs> you know, uh, a, a babyface could, uh, sorry, a heel could ever say to a woman, but apparently he's half kind of getting cheered in this segment, despite the fact later on in the show he's also a heel in a different segment. I mean, I saw it described as a they were going for Jeremy Springer or something like that because that's what it felt like. It was just and it's all it's all to build up a match with Paige Van Zandt with Brandy Rhodes. Fucking dream. You can't fucking work. Like, what are they doing? What was this? Like, what a weird dynamite. Like, I'm, this main event we can rave about you know for the for the rest of the night, but. I didn't know what was going on in the first part of this show, and that was the uh, right. that was one of the uh, the lead candidates. Why? What are they doing? It was so it was so scattergun, wasn't it? It just mm, felt like yeah. there was loads of. It, it almost felt like people had like written out random lines or insults on like pieces of paper or something, and then it was almost just like pick one out of the hat and say it or something like that. There just seemed to be like no logical cohesion to it or anything. It was just like random insults back and forwards. But I mean, the the most jarring thing to me is 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 that whole like Dan Lambert side. You know, we talked about it a few weeks ago with him you know, in there with Cody and then now this. And it's just like totally just blurring the lines of everything that like it just um <laughs> just just um it I, I can't I, I just can't can't get my head around why these two people have been used collectively to, you know, make uh, make this happen. It's just totally just out of character and just some of the some of the lines that were thrown in there were just so so mm. shit like when did she call them like america's top tit or something like that instead of top team or something i was just like oh god that's so rubbish and then like that line about like only hiring you 
was to get to Josh Alexander and like who they didn't hire. Just like, well, just sign, just sign, just hire Josh Alexander then. If that, that was your purpose, kind of thing. Like it was just, it, it was just so 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 weird and uh, like uh, uh, it just totally just like left a bad taste in my in my mouth. Uh, this one, the the only thing I mean, you saying there about Paige Van Sant not being able to work, but she does have stark oh, no, quality Brandy. kind of thing, you know. She, <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> and she's going to carry that match when they work. Like, what are they going to do? Fair dues, fair dues, because every 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 inch of screen time that she's had during when she's been mm. on AEW, she's she's done something to kind yeah. of you know capture yeah. every minute that she's had on screen, and she does. She's got ah charisma, star quality about her that you mm. know I think they can they can capitalize on, but. This is a uh, ham-fisted way of getting to that end goal, if that is the end goal. Fuck it now. Kill Jester. <laughs> like, that is honestly to Christ how I feel. I don't want it. She's, she's rubbish. She's rubbish. She's rubbish on air. I don't think there's any way around that. It, 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 yeah. Did she everything. turn heel at some point, JP? Because it feels like another it's, reboot. It feels like we're supposed to know I, that she's a heel. I, I don't remember that. It's. I tried to give. Sometimes, like I tried to give the benefit of the doubt. I think I gave up on Brandy Rhodes like two years ago. Yeah. Might have given her that first year. Well, when she started cutting people's hair off. Oh, yeah. That. Oh. <laughs> and then the way they wrote it out, I just thought, well, fair play. You just like, you know, you take it outside and you shoot the storyline in the back of the head and you just leave it and walk away. Like it, it kind of sums up a bigger problem with AEW at the moment, which is that the storytelling is incredibly confused and becoming more and more kind of haphazard. I feel like yeah. as an overall product, when you kind of look at it and this is the encapsulation of it, just a weird way to get to this storyline. It's not the best use of Paige Van Sant as well. Mm. All I was saying is the last time we had Brandy Rhodes in this situation, like did she get injured or no, is that, I think it's when she, she um, announced she was pregnant and there was going to mm. be the match with Shaquille O'Neal. They got red velvet in yeah. who in and of herself, I don't think has particularly progressed all that much. I'm going to be honest from, from like a lot of the times that I've seen her on AEW, but it was a fucking upgrade and a half like, and you're praying for like a similar style situation where Brandy Rhodes is not the person who's going to take part in this match, but obviously she's going to take part in it. But yeah, like you say, it felt like it was like Vince Russo TNA, hmm. like really early TNA, where it's just like, who is this promo meant to appeal to? And it doesn't work. And when you've got Dan Lambert out there saying, I'm a conservative like white man from Florida and I'm the baby face here. It does really sum it up of just like the level of rejection for like her. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily play into the Cody storyline, I feel, but fucking hell, like this is basic. It's basic storytelling. It's like, yeah, you know, people can till the blue in the face. I get it if you got some perverse entertainment out of the segment. Fair enough. You know, you can laugh at it. I laugh at Cody all the time. Um, and I have a great time. I'm, all, I'm not even being ironic, you know, as much as I'll criticise him. It's not like I'm not entertained by him. Like, but, like, with this, it was like, it was a good reminder of when people go, oh, well, it doesn't matter. As long as they get a reaction, it's, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like, No, what I want to know is, like, what reaction were they going for? Because if you're 
writing a story there's an emotion you're trying to pull out of your your audience there's a you know there's a there's a goal here what was the goal i don't understand yes. what was written down and what was what they're expecting to come of this and what yeah like who's the face who's the heel where are we going next it's oh, confused you both said it that's the way uh, like uh, what and one of the worst things that to, to it as well is that lambert came across as like you know the crowd were all behind him. They're laughing with him. You know, he's, he's, you know, he's been this heel presence. But suddenly, in this situation, he's the baby face. But then, half an hour later on the show, he's coming out yeah. as the alongside the lead heel who's going up against your big baby face world champion. You know, as like it's it's just felt yeah. very kind of like left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing because it's like well, well is... about it. here comes this guy again mm-hmm. and now we're supposed to boo him because he's with Lance Archer and he's coming for Hangman Page it just it it just didn't like the two parts just don't fit together it just felt so weird like uh, it, it it does make it is the like the kind of the big issue. I wonder what it was, and I think it's with the Danielson stuff that it kind of feels like it's it it's kind of become a lot more evident. Is this idea that what they haven't got? It's almost I keep on banging on about it. Like we need to think of this as a TV program, so therefore they need to have some rules that they do in television. So for example, if you're doing this kind of serial drama, you you'll pull up a handbook basically with the rules. Then what you'll do is you'll try and have almost like a big mind map of sorts, which links all the characters, how they interlink together. So then you know when you're crossing lines, ah, we can't have that person and that person because it's a bit too confused. And you can avoid some of this stuff. Now, obviously, there's a lot of work that needs to go into that and you need to have a lot of forward planning. And I think sometimes, like, and, you know, this can happen if you just, if you're changing things around in the roster, even on a subtle basis, is you're changing some of those storylines around. But what when, what I'm not seeing is a clear direction, but I'm also not seeing a lot of characters that I want to see interact. Interact. I'm not really seeing it. In some ways, I'm seeing char- like a character I like mingling in with a character that I couldn't really care for. Hmm. I like, you know, it might be like that way with, you know, some parts of, say, a, a like Sammy Guevara's first TNT title run. That's how it kind of felt. And I think they're the things that like they really like they need to work on and they need to kind of get a grip of like, where are they going? Because it there's ways they can do this with planet like planning it out. Because I think the bigger issues you can say, like in isolation, well, what does it matter? It's a skit and people reacted, and that's the end of it. It just adds to a deeper feeling that people feel when they watch this that this isn't essential, that they're gonna fill up some of the show with this bullshit. And after a while, you'll just go, I don't need to see it. And then all of a sudden you don't need to see other bits of the show. Then you don't need to see the show. Like it's it's you don't want to give people a reason to not want to watch. And this entire segment felt like you're giving people a reason not to watch. And it, like I say, it just hits into the bigger stuff around the storytelling. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there are, the, it's, it's hard to escape it because we love, I love AW. And I, like the reason we have these conversations, because we enjoy breaking it down. Like I would never bother with WWE. Like, yeah, be at the top of the Rumble. Rumble was a million times worse than this, this show, uh, you know, as a whole, because this show had a killer yeah. main event and, you know, a lot of things along the way that I enjoyed it. But I'm invested, and there are things that, you know, because I'm invested, that are negatives that, yeah, just you do need to talk about. Like, 
you know, it goes to, you know, you say the storytelling. I, what's going on with Adam Cole? Like, I don't understand this this whole lot. Him losing that feud to Orange Cassidy. I know you can, I've seen people try and justify it in like a, you know, in a, in a, in a micro way. It's like, well, in a macro way, it's like, well, you know, Orange Cassidy's, you know, someone who's over and he is. You look at their YouTube numbers, like their top five videos, like three of them are Orange Cassidy. Like one's Chris Jericho and the other one's CM Punk. Like, you know, he is massively over to a section of their audience does well in the quarters, whatever. And it's like, right, okay, that makes sense. But did Orange Cassidy really have to have, two, like I kept, I was saying on the weekend show, I think last JP, did he really have to have two blood feuds in a row? Did he really have to have mm-hmm. end the feud with Matt Hardy? Daddy lost, by the way. They put Matt Hardy over Orange Cassidy and they go tumbling into this feud with Adam Cole pretty much immediately. And then win that one, like... Is anybody got like a? I know Tony Khan loves the spreadsheets, but is anybody looking at like the, the overall? Mm. It, it feels like he needs like he just needs like somebody to proofread, I think, and somebody to go. Oh, hang on, you know those two segments back to back and a little bit similar. Oh, you know the segment you're doing. Who's the babyface? Um, sorry, what's the end goal? <laughs> like it just feels like a little bit scatterbrained and yeah, yeah not fair. You know, it it needs that quality assurance person or that that editor or that yeah, you know, book in mind. You know, I'm not advocating to give like Gabe Sapolsky a job but you know and equi- so there are, there are names like that out there who could you know probably help because Tony's general you know idea I mean Dynamite's great we love Dynamite you know there's plenty t- to enjoy but yeah, you know I'm not saying take the book off him but I'm saying maybe ask for some help are, are, are these little things just signs for help mate? signs of cries for help maybe it's, it's for money. <laughs> there you go. Oh. <laughs> and that'll fix everything. Shino Matt Khan. That would be, uh, th- th- that would just be awesome. Um, <laughs> Jesus. You're right. I mean, remember when like, like Vince, they would do that thing in WWE where they would hire a Bischoff or a Russo to watch the TV and then to comment on it. And then they would ignore everything because it was Vince Russo. And you kind of think they probably had the right idea about that. But that general idea of having those kind of critical minds, you know, and there are plenty of them out there, it's wrestling, um, to get there and actually just like take on board and just try and say, okay, like why why are these people feuding? Why, why do we need to see this? Like why isn't it? because it's also the thing about a lot of the the kind of other storylines and that's obviously excluding the main event, which is, you know, like really good, but you, you look at this world title feud and it's completely incidental. It's completely incidental. Really? I, I know it's on next week. I don't really expect it to pop any kind of a big number and it's, it's there. And it's like, like I said, I don't even know if Lance Arch, Lance Arch is a, a heel or a face really to a degree. He's just like the same bloke he was before he went away and he's come back and he's still the same guy. Except this time he's got Dan Lambert with him for reasons. Yeah. Like, you know, big baby face Dan Lambert. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, and, and these, these are things that like, if you're trying to put on like quality television that people are invested in, in numbers that they talk about and say, Oh, you need to watch this. This has gotten really good recently. You're not going to get that with this, with with this kind of stuff you hopefully get it with the main event but yeah yeah it's just it's just yeah it's, it's just a weird i mean you know like that that just degree of like oh we set an adam page so we set an adam cole up to potentially be hangman page's next challenger oh yeah probably keep him strong oh yeah it would be a funny ha-ha kind of oh yeah you know a little bit of heat to say oh but the orange casty match doesn't count but is it worth it probably not 
And does that make any sense anyway? Probably not. Like, what even is... We talked about this this week. What even is a lights-out match in AEW? Like, it's lights-out because the company doesn't want to, you know, acknowledge the results because it has to be non-sanctioned because it's that violence. Isn't this the company that's literally put on an exploding barbed wire match and a War Games match and, you know, Lord knows how many other matches, like... But also uses records to make results, like <laughs> yeah. legitimate sport does. I don't understand why. And like is. legitimate sport, you can say, well, that game doesn't count, so you yeah. don't get three points. It turns out it was a friendly all along, and it might as well have taken place in Singapore in pre-season. <laughs> I think Tony Khan just likes turning the lights off and on. I think that's what we found, you know? Yeah. I mean, House of Black and Chairman and, yeah, the, the amount of these things that seem to happen on shows. Nice yeah. trips to ECW, isn't it? That messed with his <laughs> mind. Sabu coming out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with energy prices these days, you know, well, even a few minutes with the lights up. <laughs> that's it. You can pay back one of them Rishi uh, loans. Fucking hell. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, fuck's sakes. It could be started on that. <laughs> I mean, on, 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 just on another angle point then before we get into that match, I, 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 I mean, it was night and, you know, there are, maybe I've got a couple of bones to pick with it, but I'd say night and day was Moxley mm. Danielson. At least there was that on the show from an yeah. angle point of view. I mean, there's part of like when Danielson's playing a heel, like you do kind of think, uh, he's playing a cat. I, I think I personally need to let go of the fact that, you know, when we came back from, to WWE and they turned them heel right away and it was the world's dumbest move because they had this baby face on a platter. Like there is a part of me that's like, oh, AW done that too. I don't love it. I was kind of hoping he'd turn back baby face after the hangman stuff, but whatever. I've quite, I think I've got to let that go. Because I rewatched like the, the bits of Dynamite today, um, and the individual segments, he is so entertaining. Like the stuff, the stuff with him and Moxley, and the stuff about like him saying he's going to put it together like this team of shooters. Like I feel like he's just appealing directly oh. to Gareth. I think that's what that's what's <laughs> happening there. He's like, you and him are going to be uh, doing the draft on this stable, I think, Gareth. Because like, yeah, <laughs> it feels very up your street. Well, it, I was going to say he was mentioning the names, and I was think like I, I literally, I th- I was. I think he did mention like Wheelie Uta first, didn't he? And I was, mm. I immediately thought it was like, what about Garcia? And then he went, oh, Daniel Garcia. And I was like, oh, what about Moriarty? And then he went, oh, Lee Moriarty. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm booking this with my mind here. I felt like it was like some, <laughs> like, uh, you know, some like connected to the TV or something. But I love this, uh, like, as as well as that concept, which obviously like appeals to me, that little group. Yeah. I just, I just thought that it was it was just a change of direction. It was it was away from the obvious. It was something that just I wasn't expecting. It was interesting when it was happening. Like from a Danielson heel standpoint, I kind of almost feel like he's got this air of like. I know something you don't know kind of about him or something like that. There's almost this kind of like higher intellect or something that goes that goes along with it that, I don't know, makes him come across as, I don't know, insincere and untrustworthy in one hand, but incredibly sincere and trustworthy in what he's saying on the other. And it's quite an interesting sort of dichotomy really with the, with the, with the character as well. And then obviously knowing that he can mm-hmm. back it up in, in ring. As far as like a start of the the show could go, I mean, obviously we've picked the Brandy promo there as a negative to to pick apart. Mm. Watching the show, like off the back, I was just like buzzing off this. Like it was, it just really just like connected with this this promo and just got me excited for the for the possible direction um, that this could go. And it just felt like a great use of Danielson and a great use of Moxley at this time as time as well. This is this is one where. 
where you do have doubts about them in some areas this is this just feels like one of those that you feel like there's enough focus and enough brains in the room to not fuck mm-hmm. this one up and this to be something you know good and something that you can kind of get your teeth into and enjoy for a few few months i was uh yeah loving this as a start of the show it's it's a top guy feud both moxley and danielson the top guys and introducing into this stable which i fear it could be called dragon's den or something like that which obviously <laughs> like that was my big fear it's like uh. um but at the same time um it, it's still like you've got like the fact that they, that it's taken this sort of direction is quite nice it does it does kind of make you think and it is like when they interact and it's something you know it gives it also a chance for that story to build to the pay-per-view because that feels like where this match should be happening as much as anything it should be one of those kind of big like kind of semi-main matches and i'm and i'm i'm excited for that i'm, I'm weirdly already just forward thinking to that stable and all manner of things and then a daniel garcia um brian danielson feud on the back of that when they turn heel which won't wouldn't probably happen for 18 months for us you know for a breakup to a stable that doesn't exist yet but in my head <laughs> like like you've said there, it's just like fucking awesome that's the kind of stuff we wanted him doing and you just think yeah there's a fucking good storyline and you can easily get your teeth into and for him to turn back face suppose the um doing clean up the other big angle on the show hangman page to build up to to this week's dynamite, I mean, yeah, we mentioned it earlier. The the stuff with Dan Lambert, who's yeah, yes, again on this show. Jake Roberts is, is still knocking round. The building up Lance Archer is you know contender of the week for Hangman Page. I mean, they're just trying to Lance. Lance is literally just AW Kane, isn't he? At this point, um, I don't know. Hangman's doing his best in this thing to uh to do his best he can in his segments, but he doesn't half feel like a like an afterthought, he's like, I don't know, I don't, I know this isn't WWE, and it's not like you know you open with a hot promo every show, but even if his positioning seems weird, you know, it's just kind of buried in the middle of the show. This little segment with your alleged, you know, main guy on the roster type of thing, your alleged world champion coming out and kind of cutting this this meek little promo, and then yeah, building this match next week. I'm not sure a lot of people want to see. Um, I wasn't hugely into that myself. No, absolutely not. Again, I don't, you know, I don't want. To, I feel like I repeat myself week after week. I don't want to get into you know sounding too repetitive on it, but I, I feel like they're they're increasingly dropping the ball here with Hangman and the focus that he's been given in the show and not been treated with the presence that a world champion should be treated on for you know on 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 weekly TV. Does feel like an afterthought doesn't feel like you see enough of him. It doesn't feel like he comes out looking significantly um, like the top guy in the company at any point, really. I, you know, I don't uh, don't feel since that um, since the, the the match with Danielson in early January, like this was just a segment where you know I say that you know that Dan Lambert factor hanging over it that I you know referenced previously about seeming odd given that what was come before you know when he came out i was feeling like if this was a game of ewr or tew i'd be getting a little notification saying like dan lambert was used too often on this show or something yeah. like that you know it just it just kind of it just kind of had that feel about it you know that um something wasn't quite right jake the snakes 
just again, I think he's he's absolutely shot in terms of what value he brings to the to the mix as well. Like all in all, this was yeah, this was the the second low point um, following the uh, following the brandy one for me. Yeah, it's just one of these things where you just look at it and go, it doesn't need to be this way. And and I agree with you. It didn't even feel like they built up to this as being a big part of the show. Obviously, they were constantly reminding you about. Um, punk mjf but you weren't getting a whole lot of like stuff there sort of pushing i'm world champion adam page is on there he doesn't like he does feel like an afterthought you can't really get beyond that and they're they're they're, that's the bread and butter of stuff that's when stuff starts to go wrong is when you you start to treat your world champion like that because that is like that's meant to be the ultimate quest for all of these people if you want to speak of their narrative journey they want to be champion the focal person the top the top person in the company and the top person in the company doesn't really mean as much as sort of a good six, seven other people, including yeah. Matt Hardy inexplicably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to say, if you take this show in, like you just look at the show top to bottom you go like John Moxley feels, you know, bigger, more important. Brian Danielson feels bigger, more important, you know, to some extent, Adam Cole possibly does as well with the reactions that he gets from the crowd and the presence he's had on TV over the same time periods that, you know, since Hangman Page has had the, had the title, obviously MGF and mm. Punk as well with the, everything that's, that's led into that. He's just like, you know, and that's just on this show. Like, you, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't be going with that person that you, that you, that your world champion feels like a middle guy on a, on a show mm. with that's got twenty people on it. Like, yeah, that's it. Odd, odd, and it was. It was an odd show as far as that because it kind of up until the main event was very it's kind of an angle heavy show, but. Kind of figured out why, and that was because they were giving the main events a lot of time, a lot of time. Like mm. when these when these two lads, uh, when Punk and MJF um, were hitting the ring, I was kind of looking at, going, "Are we getting a big angle after this? Are we, you know, what? Where are we going?" And it was the reverse of that. It was just they were giving the main event time to to breathe. And I imagine this is a match, you know, and this is a part of the show that when we're not going to have uh, much negative to say because. That was a breath of fresh air. That is like there were the number of weird things on the show that I didn't love, but one of them was not this match because this match was just yeah, it was a proper proper pro wrestling main event. Um, it's kind of how I described it on the night and how it felt. Um, you know, it's kind of like the build for it's been largely good. I know there's been segments individually we've maybe picked up on that we haven't loved as much as others, and you know it's. The build has been relatively long and a, and a little bit laboured, but I think that all paid off here, you know, in getting to do this match in Chicago and do this match with, you know, you couldn't have a pure babyface in Punk and you couldn't have a pure heel in MJF. And this match to me just felt like a throwback. It just felt like it's like an old school, hard worked, you know, CM Punk recognised and okay can't keep up with the although you know he does do a reverse runner in this match but you know the spot fests on AEW shows or these young athletic type wrestlers what I'm going to go out there and do is I'm going to you know he's going to be Bret Hart he's going to tell a story he's going to he's going to struggle and that's what this match was it was a struggle it was a a long match but but a 
compel a match it felt to me with different layers to mm-hmm. it different kind of levels to it as it kind of went on you know we went from you know one point you know punk will be you know selling one limb and then as, as we move on we're kind of moving into like a, another body part and then mjf's you know getting more conniving with the cheating down to you know using the tape and them doing that false finish and it was all it just all felt like escalation and escalation and escalation and then you know to the point where we got that finish and on first watch, I honestly kind of thought, oh, that was good, that, but I didn't love the finish, you know, oh, MJF, cheap, using the ring type of thing. And the absolute genius moments of the way, like, this was perfect. The way they shot that with, you know, nobody, even the commentators not knowing until, until the replay that it was it was Wardlow with that little flick of the wrist from behind his back, throwing the ring to, to, to MJF. It was just utterly perfect. And it was like, oh, what a perfect finish for a near-perfect match, really. For what it was, I, I absolutely love this thing. I haven't actually punched my uh, my rating into uh, into grapple yet. I don't think, but I don't know. What did you did you guys uh, love her as much as me as a match? And yeah, where did you go with it? I mean, I've literally just punched my rating into grapple right now. I re- I just realised, oh, I haven't done that yet, and I've I went four point two five on it. Like I enjoyed this so much, and I mean, I know like. You know, people can listen to this show and they can hear me like wax lyrical about, you know, contests in Noah and things and the extent that I like realism and, you know, and the the contest contest nature of wrestling matches and things like that. And, you know, but like this was almost like a perfect example of the wrestling that I fell in love with, you know, and this is like this to me well like the the in ring stuff was was great the, mm. you, you know don't you know don't get me wrong i'll say, say great very you know very very good nothing wrong with the you know things from an in ring point of view but just the storytelling that just went uh, went along with this match this you know it was taking you on a ride taking you on a journey with them through the the first um you know the first win with the the the, the tape and then think like is that it and then obviously then it changing and the match restarting and then obviously finishing with the way that was told as you said there benno just been mm. from the commentary to the camera work to the thought process that went behind it to the way that the face off with wardlow and you know him stepping to the side and that sort of swerving you to think that this was is this where the baby face turn from Wardlow comes and that's a seed that they've sown over the previous weeks as well with a lot of you know he's been on telly a lot Wardlow you know there's been elements of like indecision with him and MJF on stuff with him and Sean Spears on stuff so they kind of sown the seed to that that point to take you on that ride there but then for that when that camera just showed the arm behind the back passing the ring it was just like this. This is wrestling. This is wrestling. This thing, like everything about this is what wrestling is, and the 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 wrestling that it's why I'm here thirty odd years later, fucking talking about it, still watching it now. It's it's the things like this that just hook you in, and they're just executed so perfectly that you'll remember them. I'll remember that. I'll remember that moment now. Like if you talk about Punk MJF. I'll remember that moment of that passing of the ring behind the back for the rest mm-hmm. of my life. You know, you can, it's it's one of those. It's just one of those small elements 
that just really puts a smile on your face and you think of the amount of fucking shit that we watch and the amount of stuff that you can criticize and pull to bits for being poorly executed or just nonsensical or just having no meaning behind it at all and everything like that this was just the culmination of so many different strands put together in one perfect little little package and like lo- loved it absolutely loved it and and for it to be in this feud as well where we've you know we've talked about punk mjf and it's been sort of that first thing of them just getting the teeth into and it's just been something that's a well-told story that's got layers to it that's got legs to it that can go in a lot of directions moving forward as well while being a amazing end at that particular moment it's just another wrinkle in the story that they're telling between these two as well you know so there's just so many other things that can build on this there's going to be payoffs down the line with punk that are going to be great moments and stuff as well like like mm-hmm. oh, top 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 draw stuff this yeah i i, I echo so many of those thoughts when when he said that this is professional wrestling this is the kind of stuff it was there when they showed the reveal with wardlow because obviously you're not picking it up because the camera's focused in on their faces at that point in time i fucking laughed and i was like oh that's great oh that's right because i was i was confused generally because i was yeah and there's trunks all along that feels like a bit of bullshit or something like that and then they showed that it was like no, that's just fucking brilliant that's just mm absolutely spot on pro wrestling storytelling um i really enjoyed the match as well which i was slightly fearful going into this knowing how long it went and knowing what the result was and i was thinking 40 minutes all right okay and i thought benno loves it and i thought of course benno loved this he was always gonna love this he was <laughs> well, never gonna hate it was it it did have a um, pepsi plunge in it and a jimmy rave tribute it spot, did so, you know yeah <laughs> he did a pepsi plunge. exactly he did a pepsi and 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 that was great. And I, oh. I just thought the work, the work on sort of like punk as well, like kind of just breaking him down. So he went from the arm down to the knee. Then I, I thought all of that stuff was really mm. good. And that false finish again, it's how you do the storytelling, isn't it? And here is where, you know, that the brains in the room have got like, have just gone through this with a fine tooth comb. And you're thinking, what are the objectives? Because in some ways, when you talk about the structure of it kind of escalating, it kind of felt like kind of their feud to a degree kind of being made flesh within this match. Because, like, you know, trying to get that upper hand over him. And, and like I said, another great reveal, because I think he had the tape tucked up in his um, armpits when he lifts his arm up. That's he where did. it drops down. Exactly yeah, that yeah. with him and, uh, him and Jimmy Rave. Yeah, that's where that came from. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I, he, that's brilliant. Mm. that's like but but like completely fresh for me as well mm. um for that so you know th- this is stuff that when you do see it you have to give them the absolute kudos for it because that's the potential is this type of stuff like and you can do this and you can do this on slightly smaller scales and everything else added an interesting dimension to wardlow because he came out like a much more relaxed character. So it was like a very different perspective. He wasn't coming out and being menacing and then moving over to the sideline, which would be the kind of stereotypical way of doing this with wrestling. Instead, he came down and he kind of, it, it looked like he bought into like the idea of helping him cheat more than you kind of thought he would have done given the story beats. And I think that's the, and it's a little nuance. Mm. Like, you know, that face turns coming, but it kind of delays things for a little bit. And that, I think that's quite good. Yeah. Cause if you can drag this out then to revolution, that'd be great. And that's the only, that's the only bit of criticism. Like I've heard like 
just speaking to, to my mate crew about it, like he wasn't so hot on this match because he kind of more wanted it to be the type Punk just comes out and tries to kill MJF and rip his head off because that's kind of where Punk is as a character. And, you know, the, this match did feel a little bit like, okay, we're going to get to that match next, you know? Um, and Punk can be guilty of that. I did think that, like, with his, when he did those Jimmy Rave matches, there was one where they had, like, a, a, a steel cage match and, like, it, the entire feud had been about built about Punk trying to get his hands on, on Jimmy Rave and then just to do it they did a tribute to the Brett and Owen spot you know where they're both trying to get out the cage door and dragging each other back and it was a really cool spot but it was kind of like well why is Punk trying to get off the cage he wants to kill this man surely you know and like sometimes he'll do things just for the sake of kind of you know getting the, the cute spot in and get the, the throw box back spot in so I, I kind of see where that, that's coming from but Overall, I mean, when it's done this well, and it and it was really done well, I can buy Punk. You know, Punk was on the back foot from pretty early in this match. He didn't get that chance to get his bloody revenge. Really, you know, it was kind of MJF taking you know control in a lot of ways, and you know, part of that control came from you know him, him cheating and you like we said using the tape spot and that cheating kind of escalating and kind of telling that that story and it did it it worked for me that same level as you guys it worked for me as well and you know if i wanted that little bit of hate from punk well i will say you know the fact that he pulled out that pepsi plunge is super finisher mm-hmm. from from way back when when else would he pull it out well when he wants to kill a motherfucker like mjf you know i kind of i felt like that fit to be honest um in this match as far as like a a big spot to to have in there and yeah just i just thought it was just masterfully done and it was just yeah it felt like grown-up wrestling you know sometimes the wrestler at aw can be you know it's a bit indie it can be a not low rent but you know what i mean like this felt like classic like pro wrestling stuff this was the type of match where it was like okay you know punk is showing us um what what level you know of a pro he is you know at this point and this felt like you know i've said it a million times that he's you know settled into his groove at aw but yeah this felt like yeah he's very very comfortable very at home and yeah i'd love to see you know another one of these matches and i think that's where it's going for the pay-per-view i I would presume anyway i think we get some kind of gimmickry you would think wouldn't you Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. it definitely feels like it's heading in that direction but it's you know the, you know to, again, it just shows that you can you can do stuff on TV and then get people to pay for it as well, mm-hmm. because you know you're still coming out of it wanting Punk to get his fucking hands on him and teach him a lesson properly, even though they've had a forty minute match. You still <laughs> want you still want Punk yeah. to to mm-hmm. you know get get you know get older him and get his spoils, you know. And um, again, that's that's another sort of masterful way that this was worked in that that you've got this on TV for that length of time with all that nuance in it, and there's still plenty more juice in this to to take forward. Can't wait. Same, same. Yeah, it was a real, real high point of the week. I mean, a, a week where we get to watch a match like that and a match like Osprey, you know, it's for all the negative we can say about wrestling or the rumble from last week. This is, you know, this is the stuff we watch this for, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, I mean, any notes on anything else from, from Dynamite? Or, or, to that matter, Rampage this week? I don't think... I don't know about taping these rampages after put them through a forty minute match like that with with your hometown guy and in punk and it was no wonder rampage was a uh, smackdown popped within an, an inch of his life this week. I'm surprised that he yeah. stuck around. Um, well, between between that and the and the Jericho commentary, it wasn't the uh, the most pleasant of audio experiences this week's rampage. But any uh, any notes on rampage or any of the uh, maybe the bits we missed on on dynamite? 
not really other than Rampage felt to me like a very B-level show. It felt mm. like it kind of went went back a bit. I mean, I know they did the Mercedes Martin. I mean, I, I, the stuff with Sammy Guevara and Isaiah Cassidy just got very, like, very weird. Matt Hardy, mm. Andrade out there. Like, I, I, you can kind of see what they're doing. And there's, I find it funny that every time he sees Darby Allen, he offers him a contract and stuff. And, and the match itself was kind of fine. But I don't think I went, like... You know, it it just felt for me like even when I hear Jericho on it, I was just like kind of watching it, but it was just like glazing over me. It was just like an an hour of wrestling television. That's what I felt like I watched for that one. Um, yeah, and Adam Cole saying he's going for the world title. Great. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. Are, are you not looking forward to a um, the the seven hundred and fifty first inner circle in ring? Conflab, oh my like that, like oh <laughs> Christ, you had forgotten about that. This, this is this, this has got to be the end, doesn't it? Surely we've been saying it for I think, eighteen months or something like that. This is it, like I think. I mean, I, I mean, Jericho, you know, saying that, you know, he said it in interview with Steph, and like I can't help but like think. Like the problem is now, even if they weren't doing this angle where in a circle and friction, we all know that in real life. So you're just watching the segments going, they don't want to be a stable anymore. Like, you know, and Santana and Ortiz yeah. have also said to her that they don't want to, but, well, they were more diplomatic about it, but I think they kind of wanted to break up as well. It's got to be the end. Like it should have been the end. The pinnacle feud was it. Like there was no legs in this. Mm-hmm. Everyone's struggled more as a result, except for Jake Hager. Like he's the one, you know, good, good for him. They're in a circle, carried on, and he continued to get a paycheck for a few more months. But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Santana and Ortiz would not just in storyline way would be far better off away from Inner Circle. Sammy Guevara might as well not be in Inner Circle. Like, Darby Allen's his tag team partner now. He he just happens to wear the Inner Circle jacket. That's the extent to which Sammy Guevara is in this faction at this Mm. point. It's got to be the end and let it be the last one of these types of segments because, yeah, I'm done with it. That sums my thoughts up. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah, but it it is... There isn't much to say about this rampage this week, is there? Like I say, more terrible Jericho commentary. More, or I, mean, I will say, you know, I'll just say it without acting like you're saying a positive thing about Jay Lethal. But the finish to his match was very creative. You know, the the um, I liked that the lethal yeah. injection into the that was great. Yeah, was one of the best things Ricky Stark put put the praise on Ricky Starks. One of the best things Ricky Starks has done um, in in, in mm. AWL. That that proper jumped me out of my chair. That moment, I wasn't hugely loving Rampage. Maybe it was the COVID. Maybe it was the commentary. Maybe it was the sound mixing, or just a combination of, of all of the above. But that that proper woke me up, and I was yeah, that was a jump out your seat kind of finish. It was genuinely something special. Nudged me up to three stars, though. <laughs> That's high for Jay Lee. Yeah. Bloody hell. <laughs> Best things he's done since he was Hydro and Special K, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, what else happened on Rampage? Anything? No. Adam, Adam it, Cole against Evil Uno, no, Sammy yeah. Guevara against Isaiah Cassidy. Moved it to squash, though, wasn't it? Adam Cole, yeah. Evil Uno. Yeah, because yeah. they're trying to build it back up for a title shot, even though we just lost. Yeah, I won't, I won't go on about that again. But yeah, in a feud he didn't need to be in. Like yeah. it's, it's 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 you kind of. I don't want to end up rabbiting the same points that I normally. I'll do. say it again when we get to the pay per view, mate. Don't worry. I'll. Uh... No. <laughs> be, uh, yeah. I suppose it's more kind of just thinking about what's to to come, isn't it? So obviously, you mm. know, you've 
there, there wasn't a lot of substance there. You know, I think the last couple of weeks, Rampage, you know, me and JP were talking last week, we've, they've probably been better shows, I think, the, the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks prior to this one. This one mm-hmm. kind of just felt a bit more revert to, to type. But um, I don't know, I'm, in, I'm, I'm intrigued because obviously, you know, we were all very positive about elements of Dynamite last week, particularly mm-hmm. like with the punk side of things as well. And the, the rating didn't, deliver what mm. i expected it to de- deliver you know if, like when me and jp talked last week you know i said about that the the punk mgf segment being absolute money and proper like making me oh I, fucking hell i was excited to watch dynamite you know for for that match and, and the build and then you know when i saw the rating um, that came out for it like obviously it's not a bad rating but it, to me it felt like a disappointing rating for you know the level of builds that punk mgf had the level of star power that punk does have as you know as well going into that knowing john moxley was on the the show as well and i'm then looking like for the for this week's dynamite where obviously you know you've got that hangman page title shot against lance archer which you know i think collectively we don't think has necessarily been built the best or hangman's not necessarily been presented in the best light for that obviously there's the you know there's this reveal on the you know the isaiah Custody's mystery opponents tony khan's whatever biggest mm. signing or exciting mm. signing he's most excited about i don't know i'm just i mean i'm, I'm intrigued like it's going to me it's going to be a bit confusing if this week's show ends up like outdrawing last week's for tv ratings or something like that it kind of Whoa. feels like it's you know it makes you know does it does it make any would it make any sense but there's part of me that thinks like if last week's only drew that then like oh like i hope you know i'm a bit nervous almost for what potentially could come out of uh, come out of this week's especially with the way Angman page has been treated one thing I'd say is it's a week. It's a week you want a good week because raw uh, ratings just came out before they were preempted to sci-fi. So fair enough. But one point three eight seven million overall viewers um, for raw this week. That's a that's a low number <laughs> for WWE. But you know, granted, preempted. Point um, three six in the uh, eighteen forty nine. You're right. You know, I looked at that rating last week for, for dynamite you know they did the point three five you know 1849 so one rating point below where mm-hmm. uh, raw this week I suppose you can say that um but yeah you know not topping the million points in the overall viewers is, is a little bit disappointing and that demo you know point three five is down from you know being in the point fours pretty much uh, you know for this 2022 tbs period with a point three nine in there it is odd i wonder how much of it you know i think we did on a weekend show jp probably would have talked about it was it the fact that they put Punk Pound JF on the end. Like, I know it, it's been weird mm. them throwing these main events on first, and we've been critical of it and kind of gone, ah, oh, you haven't got a chance to sit down and get your bloody fight stream going, and then, you know, the main event's coming. But maybe that works, you know, especially, you know, now that we know this big bang theory thing that um that brandon uh, thurston keeps keeps mm-hmm. pointing out like i mean that was clearly the pattern this week it was you know there was you know the million plus people at the start of the show i'm not blaming brandy Rhodes, <laughs> but there's an interesting you know dip once you know moxley and uh and brian were gone and we, we got into that stuff the the, the ratings did kind of you know did nose that a, a little bit but i think it's it's less them chasing people away and more than not being that thing to hold that big viewership like we saw yeah. with cody and sammy last week where that happened you know it was even for non-wrestling fans you see a couple of lads jumping off ladders and it must have just held some people 
I wonder if maybe Punk MJF, maybe not in that same way, could have done a better job of holding that strong audience. Mm. Maybe the overall number would be better to to front road. You'd better have no discussions. You know that monkey ball is is being played right now. You know maybe maybe that would have been a better method, but. Yeah, I do share a little bit of disappointment in that that such a you know a long built and important feeling for you didn't you know mm. spike curiosity a little bit more. I wonder though if they then go to the pay per view and they do a gimmick match there. That if we look at the overall buys, that'll be part of the reason. Then there'll be that kind of enthusiasm amongst that that nine hundred and fifty thousand who watched to go, yeah, I'll plonk down 50 quid because it's part of an overall bigger show but yeah, I think like you yeah with with ratings talk as with all this stuff we've got to see if this is part of a pattern if this is part of a trend of it going down I would just say with Mookie Ball the worry is is that you do need a bit of creativity and Mookie Ball doesn't really allow for that if you need mm-hmm. to have certain segments coming up at certain times and so it's not something that you want to kind of do because once you follow that pattern and people subconsciously know what that pattern is or how the show's going to be again it makes it kind of not feel special it doesn't make it feel unpredictable it's meant to be two hours of live tv Mm. and so you do need a bit of unpredictability as well so yeah there you go AEW. i think that uh that about Mm. wraps that up god i'd love them to beat raw this week um probably there's a chance in the definitely a chance in 1849 um yeah but you know it'll be it'll be you know it's a hollow victory isn't it when they're on sci-fi but still i'll take those hollow victories yeah. um but yeah i mean yeah anything else you guys want to want to discuss before we go jp anything else you've been watching in the uh in the jp grab bag yep mlw azteca i thought <laughs> I, I i'd squeeze it in with half-hearted effort I'd very, I'd be very surprised. Looking at the time, it's 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 two minutes to one. I'd be shocked if I went beyond one o'clock on it. It was all right. Um, it was one of the crash shows, so it was out in this week. Uh, we'll catch you. Yep. <laughs> no, that's it. Um, I mean, like the first thing I had was EJ and Duke and Duke are on it. It was a fucking unit, like absolutely squash Adrian Quest. Thought that was quite decent. Adrian Quest, who was on New uh, New Japan Strong. No, no memories. Well, fair it's enough. A, I recognise uh, the name from my spreadsheet. Yeah, <laughs> you you always will know, like the DJT. You know, it's all, always being brought up that Benno doesn't believe exist. And then they had like it, it was it was weird. They had like a luch match between Mecha Wolf and Extreme Tiger, which was all very kind of bland. And the main event was was fine, and from a wrestling perspective, like it was it was as good as these things get with most um, MLW shows. It was it, it was like a it was a six man lucha tag, so it had all. And the Kingo was in there, and he did a kind of crazy dive without having to kill himself too much. He was very much the star of the show as well, um, and he was there. Ray Horace was in there as uh, as well at the same time. The the bigger MLW side of it. it was Alex Kane is another young guy they're pushing kind of walked out of the match and left his tag partners there to lose so these shows are weird because they kind of have big crowds and other stuff like that but it's not really MLW it's the crash running Tijuana with some MLW branding and some MLW wrestlers storyline wise it, it uh, Richard Holiday got kidnapped and they ended up being chucked out of the side of a car and with a note that said Hammerstone versus Pagano uh, 
Judas Messias versus Holiday like that. And he might be going out with Alicia or two. That was a constant thing. ISIS has broken up. No more country unit. Mads Kruger kind of doing his own thing. And they had an all-access segment with Jacob Fatu where he was literally having a fag and drinking some whiskey on the side of the street talking about how stuff is tough and life was hard for him when he was younger. That's MLW. What's um, what's Mark Kruger then doing on his Todd? What's his... <laughs> uh, he gave a promo. He interrupted the introductions. No, well, they interrupted. He didn't. They did it in post-production. And he and he cut a, a promo about how he lived in the pit of despair and then Contra Unit saved him. It's a bit like, all right. Literally now an advert for ISIS at this stage on this show. Um, and then he's challenged, um, I think they're going to have a fight at Super Fight. I think it is, because they went to the Super Fight Control Centre, him and, him and Jacob Fatu. Big feud that's going on. He's not good. I'm sure he was on IWTV and he was better than what he's ever been in this, but he's really, really bad. Um, oh, and Davey Richards has taken on Alex Hammerstone uh, at Super Fight as well. He's unbeaten. Did a promo package. Clothes on. <laughs> I going to say, don't throw the word package around with a with talk on Davey Richards. Hey. Um. <laughs> Need to strap it to his fucking thigh, apparently, isn't it? I think he did. I think that's the issue. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's not going in the show. Like, images. like a third leg. <laughs> oh. Good luck. Edit uh, from you, Gareth. Been watching any impact? New Japan Strong progress. A progress just announced. To be yeah. fair to them, you know, buried them earlier. Gresham Dean Olmach in uh, in the ballroom on Sunday. That's a good little match. Mm. Might actually be in London then. We'll see. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> <laughs> feel like I'll, I'll, I'll light into well, flames if I walk in the ballroom. You never know. You might be able to get a front. You might be able to get a front row ticket on the dot. <laughs> Princely sum of what forty five quid or whatever it is. Thirty eight, isn't it? So I got Christ. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, brilliant. Uh, but yeah, anything else? Uh, that you... <laughs> no, that's it. That's it really. Stardom show, JP. Stardom show probably out on Thursday. Um, yeah. Self and Karen Peterson, if you haven't listened to it um, and you're one of the patrons, it's up on there in the early access. But yes, um, that's going to be out on Thursday talking all things stardom with the uh, doyen of stardom from post-wrestling, Karen Peterson. So have a read of her reports if you haven't. This is like a great introduction and fills in a lot of the gaps in the storylines. But yeah, that'll be out on Thursday. Brilliant. Gareth? Cool. Um, yeah, from me, it's just obviously if you've not checked out the Grapple 100 yet, um, get yourself on grapplelap.com. Um, you can just go to Grapple 100 on the top bar there and just uh, have a look through the, the best 100 matches of the year, see what's uh, what you've seen, what you haven't, what you agree with, what you don't, and maybe just uh, you can make your own little mixtape or playlist as we do on the Patreon and uh, pick out some matches from last year that you maybe haven't uh, seen yet for a, uh, I don't know, if you've got a bit of spare time or something like that. And also uh, don't forget to visit grapple.bigcartel.com where you can pick up... Uh, Beautiful grapple t-shirts in white or black. It's great to see um, these making their way around the country and the world. It's uh, nice to see people sending me their uh, photos of them wearing them or when they're arriving and things like that. So, yeah, just uh, get yourself on there and uh, why not uh, join the the club and spread the word of grappler shows and wear those grapple t-shirts. And obviously you can uh, pick up your tickets at exactly the same place as well for our live show in Leeds, which I think if we... uh, 
co-plug. That'll be a BWE this weekend, Benno. Yes, that's it. Yeah, there'll be uh, some more uh, announcements uh, coming uh, on BW. That'll be on uh, with Martin on Thursday with maybe uh, a special guest to uh, to kick the show off. So yeah, look forward mm. to, to that too. And yeah, get your tickets and come join us in Leeds. But yeah, other than that, patreon.com slash grapple, as JP says, plenty uh, going up on there this week. But we'll be back next week with another Spotlight. See you all next week. Bye. See ya. See ya. Jealousy is the best form of flattery. Cause I'm a CBO on black. Cause I'm signing all the checks. CBO on black. Why could you my name respect? I got checks on checks, so I don't really check. It's not a bribe, it's a matter of fact. Cause I'm a. Cause I'm the freshest out here No, I'm number one, trust there ain't no doubt, dear When they hear my name, got them dripping with fear Cause I'm a knockout, got them screaming all clear Cause I got body for days They claim I'm stuck up and hating unconventional ways But I got a goal of number one As a CBO, best believe that I'm going up